0: They asked me to move to night shift a couple months ago, and I was like, well, what's the pay increase? And they were like, oh, 25 cents. Yeah, go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, that's not worth never seeing
0: your kids. I was like, had you guys have said like $6? Maybe. Maybe.
1: Yeah. But 25 cents? No, I'm good.
2: I would pay to never see Austin's kids. I feel... No. My
1: kids are great. That's not... (laughs) My kids are great. feel like... We haven't seen each other in a long time. You think heard so? heard each other. I've not seen either. I've not personally seen Austin ever. Ever. Josh, it's been about a month since I've seen you. Yeah. And then it's been about three weeks since I've heard a collective uh, voice. Yeah, it's been weird. You know, Podcasts, right? It's been a shitty month. <laughs>
2: it is. It's been, <laughs> it's been
1: one of the worst months of the, the year for me. I think it has actually been the worst month.
2: <laughs> well...
1: Between being sick and being crippled, it was oh. not good. Mm. Oh, my.
2: Old cripple. Old cripple yep. boy.
1: Sickly crippled.
2: And I did not that, start uh, a
1: single GoFundMe. You should have. Remember what? <laughs> People donate to anything. You should have. I know. Do you I don't
2: remember do. Uh, the episode that we called The Broken Arms Boy? I think I do. I don't remember...
1: Oh, God, I don't remember why we called it that, but I do remember the episode. When I hear broken arms, a boy, I think of the Reddit horror story. You know that one? No. Oh, Um, essentially, this guy. Fuck. All right. It's been three weeks, so we might as well get derogatory. So (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, this kid posted. I don't remember where it was posted, but essentially, you can just kind of go and go on a soapbox on Reddit. And this is just just look it up. You, you won't have to look hard. Essentially, he broke both of his arms and he couldn't do anything. Like, just imagine you're in a complete full-bodied cast, both your arms, you know. What, as a man, as a boy, as a boy, you're missing <laughs> out on some pretty good time with your pee Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his mom took note of this and helped him out with it. Oh... Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like where that went. Yep. I was—I
0: couldn't even. I was kind of excited for it at first, but now I don't. Really no,
1: like this is one of those stories that I can't even like. You know, like when you're trying to acclimate yourself to cold water, you kind of uh-huh. ease yourself in. This is one you just jump. Yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't walk you into this I thought you were going to say something like the nurse came
0: in. and. <sighs> no, that would have been better. It's,
1: it's his mom, and this is before the whole stepsis thing even existed. So. I was
0: about to say full-blooded
1: mom or stepmom because it matters. Oh, uh, this is, yep. She cared about her boy.
0: Would you guys pipe your stepmom if you had this a hot stepmom? was
1: 10 years, no.
0: Mm. Yeah, if you had a hot stepmom and she was down for it, would you pipe her?
2: I'm not answering that
1: question. Is my dad still alive? <laughs> sure. I can't do that to him. (laughs) Can't show him up. Okay, step sibling. Oh, yeah, I'm about it. Yeah, I'm not related.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody somebody at work asked me that the other day, and I was like, uh, honestly, I think it depends on how long they've been my step sibling. If it's been, like, my whole life, no, weird. But, like, 30 days, sure. I'm down for it.
1: Hello
2: everyone! Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Bop. Uh, If if that entrance hasn't, you know, given you something to think about, um, this certainly will. We've got quite a show for you today. Uh, (laughs) We've been away from each other for a while. Uh, I think it's been almost three weeks since we've all been gathered for the show and such. Mm -hmm. It is time for our favorite type of episode, the catch-up episode. So this week, we'll just be talking about all the media we've consumed and the games that we've played, all of that, and your regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined as almost always by one of my two co-hosts. Actually, it's two of my two co-hosts. Dylan, it's spooky season. Martin and Austin, I don't like being scared. Stevens, what a day, sirs. <laughs> That's true. Right That's I
0: so got true. <laughs> Fifteen minutes into Resident Evil Seven, oh, I was
1: shit. like, "Nope, don't want it. Don't want it." I fucking love it, dude. The first part of that game is the best, and then I just lose interest in it. Horror, horror movies, crazy. I I can do horror
0: movies, but like sometimes horror games. It's
1: weird when you're interacting with the game, right? Yeah, and no,
0: then, no. No, 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 no. It was the, the, the lack of sound and the footsteps I couldn't quite place for me. Um, I was out.
1: Did but you make no. it to where the little bitch crawls up the staircase at you? No, no. I'm oh, glad fuck! I did. You did not make it far at all, dude. No. You know nope the fuck I got, out.
0: <laughs> I got, like, a, I, I remember walking through the forest, and I got to the part where there was a gate made out of what looked like horse legs, and I was like, nope. <laughs>
1: don't want that bro did you even take over as the main character yeah no no yeah i'm thinking what am i thinking of was that the beta that yeah yeah i, I think you're the, thinking of like okay. the, the
2: beta demo thing
1: yeah no That's i was funny uh, as hell. i was out i was like i'm
0: I, I saw one person like walk like just barely out of my field of vision and i was
1: like nope <laughs> no yeah you're done dude nope holy shit don't You not wanna... <sighs> Are you going to like ease yourself into it?
0: Yeah, I might try playing it sober and because I kind of feel like that would make a huge difference.
2: Yeah, why the fuck would you try playing (laughs) anything horror related like not sober? (laughs) Well, that's how I did it. I thought I would be able to handle it because I feel
1: more immersed. I
0: thought
1: thought I would be be able to handle
0: it. No, it was the opposite. It gave me crippling anxiety. (sighs) I had to go play Persona dancing for like two hours just to fucking calm myself down. It was wild. That was a wild night.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, there's Tawny in the corner fucking drinking his mushroom smoothie and smoking <laughs> a bowl and playing Resident Evil.
2: Dude, can you imagine doing Tawny smoothie? stuff? <laughs> doing
1: Tawny stuff. Naked, probably. God, imagine how
2: bad I, I it tastes.
1: What, his nakedness or the smooth mushroom?
0: No, I'm smoothie? sure that tastes pretty great, but like the mushroom smoothie. We'll see. Like that can't taste good.
1: Probably not, way. but it probably tastes a lot better than just eating them dry. Because tasting them dry, holy fuck, it tastes like molded cheddar. Yeah, I've never, no.
0: I've never tried one, but I, I've heard that and they ass. taste pretty atrocious. Yeah,
1: it's not. I've good. heard they're pretty like even, and they're crunchy as shit. I'm not a texture no. person; like it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But the second that shit starts turning to mud in my mouth, I'm not about it. I can't. Are they crunchy? Yeah.
0: Really, I expected yep. them to be like kind of slimy and
1: gross. No, they're full Ugh. on dry, crunchy. Ugh, Ugh. I don't know yep. about that. Ugh. So just do acid. Yeah,
0: that's or DMT. You know, whatever. I will do them both.
2: Adrenochrome.
0: Ad, uh, <coughs> ayahuasca. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you mean. Is
2: this
0: a drug podcast <laughs> or a video game podcast? What's going both? on? Both and the uh, sex
2: podcast, Culture Bops, one and only. Drug podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you can make it one. Because uh, the other culture
1: bot podcasts, I'm pretty sure you're just both alcoholics, right? <laughs> uh, actually, Gilbisi does not drink. I'm yeah, he's, a fan he's of a that. He's a straight
0: edge boy, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought I remembered him saying something like that. Well,
1: just wait until Justin co-hosts with you, and then you guys. Oh
2: are good. lord, <laughs> yeah. Then then it's the real Alcoholics Podcast.
1: <laughs> no. That's cool though. I'm I'm like I don't drink either. Like you know, there was that stint last year where I had some drinks now and then, but I really don't drink. It's not for me. Yeah, I can't no. anymore.
2: It is totally for me. I have to drink in order to nope. survive.
1: Only on the weekends. Uh
2: mm-hmm. yeah, but I drink copiously on the weekends.
1: So there you go. You we should make a up for side a episode
0: where we're just high as shit. Just trying to make it through. Yes. Yeah, uh, literally Somebody every said episode. that the
2: other day. Said that, that would we, be should, a great we should all get, like, fucking lit and try to record something.
1: Every single podcast, I'm stoned. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dylan's like, this is a normal episode yep, for me. This literally is just me. <laughs> I swear to God. See, I
0: couldn't do it. I'd be, I, I, I don't think I'd be able to make it through the first 30 minutes. I'm not think, very but, talkative when I'm stoned.
1: I'm just, you know, I just kind of exist and go with it. Just kind of vibe. Yeah. Mm. I feel that. I was a little more rambunctious last year during the drinking episodes. That was was a little rough. That was a bad time. (laughs) This this podcast is just a collective bad memory for me.
2: Oh, Oh, my.
1: I just, I chronicle all of my dark times into these episodes. (laughs) Well, you know what? We're like unpaid therapy then. You are. I mean, once a week, I don't have to pay for this, and that's true. It's great because thousands people, of people could listen some people to it. People should be, but you know.
2: What? <sighs> well, um, well, hey. uh, I, I guess we have the the big announcement because uh, we haven't recorded since it uh, launched. Uh, but there is a new podcast in the Culture Bop family of content. Uh, that podcast is the. Um, culture bop selects uh Mm -hmm. and this podcast is basically a spoiler cast slash media discussion thing where we break down like pieces of media um usually about i I think the first one ran a little long because we had to introduce everything but um uh we're we're looking at probably about 90 minutes to two hours every episode Mm. uh and that gives us a pretty pretty good amount of time to kind of go in depth on everything Yep, um sure. so far uh austin and dylan have not made their guest appearances on there but they will um so no
1: we're not uh, uh wow hmm. you just spoke for me <laughs> austin's like i'm taking my friend and i'm going home
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i uh yeah i'm just kidding even though maybe to that honestly
1: what episodes have you recorded
2: uh, so far, we uh, the one that will launch on free feeds tomorrow is about What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, a little video game that I played earlier this year. Mm. Um, and then I'm
1: assuming you both played it.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, he, oh, okay. he played it for the podcast. I had played it, what was it, like three months
1: ago? Yeah. Earlier? I remember you playing it. I was just making sure he played it and it's not just you on a monologue the whole time. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, but yeah. And then the, uh, the first episode that we did was actually, um, uh, about, uh, it was a double feature. We did, we watched, um, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, which I'll actually talk about in just a minute. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that one should be up on all free feeds. I'm pretty sure Apple has finally given, given us the go ahead. Um, at least I fucking hope so. Uh, by the time that you're hearing this, we'll fucking see. um, uh, but yeah, so that is out and available now. It's a weekly podcast. So check it out. Um, if you're a patron, you can get it on the Patreon feed. If you are just a freeloader, you can find it on Whoa. pretty much every, wow. <laughs> every, uh, podcatcher that is available.
0: Um, way to just call out red, blue, Blair like that.
2: I know. Right. Son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: does, he, does he even actually listen to the show?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't think, I didn't know that he did. He listens to the Pokemon podcast.
2: uh, (laughs) Exclusively. You're you're actually probably right about that. (laughs) Um,
1: I told him, I mean, I would love to do an episode with the three of us, uh, Austin, him, and myself, especially like on the launch of uh, Brilliant. But then only Justin can listen to it though.
0: Yeah. It's it's only only available to him.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, well, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh is like, that'll absolutely happen. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll consider all things on this here show. <laughs> 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 um, but, uh, you know, with that out of the way, uh, guys, I watched Quantum of Solace. Nice. So, uh, for the uninitiated, uh, Quantum of Solace is the second Daniel Craig movie uh, as James Bond. Uh, it was released in 2008. Um, and it actually f- kind of picks up directly after Casino Royale. Um, and, well, I kind of went on a ride with this movie a little bit. Um, I was genuinely not expecting this movie to be as good... Is this as... the first
1: time that you've seen it?
2: No, this is the this oh, is my okay. rewatch. Okay. Um, but I remember generally not liking this movie um and when i watched it i i you know set out to have like a set of notes so then i could like talk about it in some sort of authoritative manner and as i was watching it i was like this is way better than i remember it being um And it really kind of is it hits on some stuff that I didn't remember it hitting on. Like it kind of touches on stuff about like the the power of forgiveness and, um, you know, cycles of violence and uh, trust and just like a whole bunch of stuff that I I just genuinely did not remember it being as, uh, you know, strong as it was, uh, in terms of like a, uh, like a, a solid story. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not without its problems. Uh, I think the movie is edited like shit. Like Mm -hmm. I really, really think that who, I think there were two editors on the movie and it kind of, you can kind of tell because the parts that aren't, uh, like actiony, um, are, edited competently. They're nothing to write home about, but you know, they get the job done, right? Uh, the action sequences fucking suck. They are goddamn awful. Uh, like, I, I don't know if you guys are like familiar with like the types of like action movies that were like going on around this time, but like, you know, everything I feel like was trying to be the born ultimatum or well, not ultimatum, but like the born series where it's, like, sh- shaky, s- like, handheld cameras and then, like, uh, cuts out the ass. Like, there's a cut, like, every 30, like, not even 30 seconds. Like, there's a cut, like, every, like, two seconds. Like, it's just choppy and, like, it, the the thing about this one that's even more, like, uh, almost, it's almost, like, fucking comical, to be honest with you, is, um, like, There are parts of this movie where it cuts away to stuff that it has no business cutting away to. Like one of the, one of the first action sequences in the movie is uh, like this sort of like, um, uh, like car chase around uh, Venice, I believe. And it at one point just cuts to a like fucking like view of, the mirror of the car and there's nothing in it. And then at one point cuts to like a tire. Like, I mean, the editing in this is fucking awful, but it really is way fucking better than I ever remembered it being like ever. Um, the story is really good. The acting is pretty good. Uh, I mean, across Daniel Craig is just fucking excellent. Like he's he's really, it, in my mind, he's the best Bond. Like I, I love Thank some you. <laughs> God, I love some of the agree. older stuff, right? Like I love I love Sean Connery, like because he's just got this fucking swagger about him. But like, he's the best I, goddamn Bond. Yeah, he is. Like, and, and I don't I don't really feel that. There's much of an argument that will sway me on on my thoughts on that. I really do believe that like he's just a cut above everybody else.
1: Um, Casino Royale by itself, outside of Double O Seven shit, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, Casino Royale is fucking great,
1: man. Yes, like it, and it that really just is got me great. spiraled with them. Anyway, I'm a huge Double O Seven fan, but I haven't seen oh. the new one. Okay. Um, but. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm gonna step back because you got me excited when you said he is your favorite, and we hardly ever agree on shit. So I'm, I'm good now, I got it out of my system.
2: I don't believe that that is true. <laughs> we we agree mean, on a lot of shit.
1: I feel like maybe we do. Well, I disagree, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: just go myself. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I really liked this movie going back to it uh it was something that i didn't expect and i'm i'm glad that i uh that i gave it like a, a full like chance to kind of like wow me if that makes sense uh and it did um so yeah casino royale good movie or i mean not casino royale uh quantum sauce
1: but both great movies but yeah bo- both both <laughs> awesome you like 007 uh, I
0: have <clears throat> never seen a 007. Oh, movie
1: wow. Before. All right. Let's move on before I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You
0: never.
2: should hit him digitally.
0: Huh? I've just never, I don't know, just never gone out of my way to. That's fine. Huh? There's not any particular reason. If somebody turned it on and I was there, I would watch it. Just. I no. don't
1: know When did I- your dad die?
0: <laughs> when I was 17
1: oh yeah that's plenty of time for him to have shown you a james bond movie there's really no excuse
0: oh uh, he was there. he wasn't
1: gonna show me shit
0: he might have shown oh. me how to make meth
1: oh that's probably shit. it all right so
0: he was the breaking bad type i got it yeah um sh- mm, sure uh just way less oh. successful <laughs> my man my uh, uh my man got stabbed in old town buford when i was like two this is not funny <laughs> <laughs> no it's fucking hilarious um he he got stabbed in old town buford one night like right out of 30 right outside of uh where 37 main is if anybody <laughs> knows where either yeah, uh, anywhere where of that is that. um because he sold uh crack to somebody uh except it wasn't crack it was a cut up bar of soap and <laughs> so the guy he sold it to uh went to go snort it in front of him and then stabbed the shit out of him when he realized, hey, I just fucking snorted soap. My fucking nostrils are burning, which oh, I'm sure crack God. probably does it, too. But I was about to
1: say, like, to he's up. probably, like, his nose is burnt out. Couldn't even smell that it was soap in the first place. But, yeah, he Holy stabbed shit. my dad a couple of times. And, uh, <laughs> uh, my, Can I just my, say... That I am so proud of you for turning out as great as you are. Honestly, I turned out relatively normal. You, compared you to have what I came from a successful life. And you have a beautiful <laughs> wife and two kids that you love, Not and you're actually prat. there for them and bust your ass for them. So <laughs> that's pretty fucking great, dude. Thanks. <laughs> Coming man. from a dad that got stabbed for selling some soap, <laughs> but uh, and
0: so he came home. This happened in like the middle of the night oh, on a Saturday night, and uh, he came home at like seven in the fucking morning. My, my mom, being the mother that she was, uh, was getting ready for church and, like, trying to get all the kids ready for church or whatever. And my dad was just uh, – thanks, son, for bringing me that Coke. I appreciate that. Uh, my, my dad was uh, uh, in the bathroom with a lighter. Uh, trying to carterize his stab wounds.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> and she was like, why, why don't you just go to the hospital? And he's like, I can't go to the hospital with this much meth in my fucking system. Like, what do you think I'm going to fucking do?
1: Yeah, but let's let's go ahead and zip it up, and we'll go right to church, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He literally just, like,
0: makeshift carterized the wounds and then just, like, put gauze over it and taped it down and went to church. Like, it was fucking nothing. Like, he wasn't yep. trying to sell crack at 2 in the morning. <laughs> oh like, what the God. fuck, Pops? What are you doing? Ever, um, that's a real man. This is yeah, it was crazy. My dad was a G, <laughs> he was a bad one, but he was a G. Oh
2: my
1: god, this Whoa, might be my favorite Lord. episode. I've learned so much so far.
2: <laughs> you know what I want to learn about?
1: Uh, mm-hmm. My hero manga manga. N-
2: no, I want to learn mm-hmm. about Venom Let There Be Carnage.
1: Oh, why'd you do the good one? <gasps> well, okay,
2: Pokemon fine. Secret of Jungles, man.
1: I actually have Of
2: the jungle. I have, uh, have you seen Venom? Two? I have not.
1: Okay. I've seen the movie. i got some issues.
2: Yeah, I Fuck have you. no interest in that movie whatsoever.
1: Uh, well, okay. I'll talk... Let's just jump into it. Um, So, I actually... Believe it or not, I didn't watch the original Venom of Tom Hardy up until two days before I went to see this movie. Um, really? It just... Yeah. It never... I I've had the movie for a while, but it just never kind of the cards were never dealt, you know, the hand that I needed. It was always something else going on. So I really wanted to see this because everyone is freaking out and I had the post-credits spoiled for me. Um have you had it spoiled for you, Josh?
2: Uh yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I'm so, pretty sure Red Blue Blur posted
0: a link of it in the Discord.
1: Well, and I didn't know that. But spoiler warning for anyone who doesn't want to hear it, here it comes. Venom is now officially in the MCU. So because of that happening, I had to go and see this. Um, especially because I love Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is one of my, I would say, top three favorite actors. He might be tied for number one. I just love him. Um so we set up, like, Sabrina and I had some time and we watched the first one and we loved it. I, I genuinely had a good time with it. I'm not a cinephile. I don't overly an- analyze movies and stuff. If I enjoyed the ride, then I liked the movie. And this one I really did. Um,
2: Is that a jab at me?
1: <laughs> no, but <laughs> yes. I, like, there's two different spectrums on this podcast, right? Like, you can really nail in to, you know, everything that a movie does. And for me, I'm just, like, I'm just the kid in the corner. You put a movie on, he's happy. Like, he'll watch it. (laughs) That's that's just me. Um, But especially if you add, like, elements of Spider-Man and the comics that I love, then I'm really happy. So the first one was good. I enjoyed it. And then we uh, had a date night, and we went out to see Venom 2. Are you going to see it, you said? You have no interest in seeing it? Yeah, I have no interest in it. Okay. Austin? Uh,
0: I heard it was pretty bad, so nah, probably not.
1: Okay, so it wasn't great. Um, again, <laughs> I enjoyed the first one way more. I feel like the humor in this was very much forced compared to the first one. Um, and it's really not even supposed to be a humor-filled movie. I hate that it's PG-13. Like, every time that Venom or Carnage decided to snap someone's head off, literally, we didn't even get to really see it. and yeah. That's fucked up. Um, oh, but they saved the one F word like for the end of the movie. Like they were able to say one fuck in the movie and it was so forced and I hated it. Um, I, Carnage is probably my favorite villain of all time in any um, medium. He's just, he's a, he's truly a psychopathic monster. There's only one thing out. Like you're combining a serial killer with this just spawn of venom, this crazy symbiote and they're coming together and they coalesce into is utter chaos. Um, and it's terrifying, like to the point where in the comics and stuff like that, venom has to team up with other people to take carnage down because he's so strong. Um, so, again he's just been a huge i've always loved carnage since the 90s spider-man like when i was growing up watching that i mean i i got to see vitamin carnage a lot but this really i like woody harrelson i think he was going in an okay direction um but they kind of just ruined the character um they tried to make cletus a little too personable like making him love someone and like i get it like that's the story that you wanted to play, but I think a better story could have been told without the addition of the woman that they brought in Shriek as the other villain. I think it could have gone a lot further. Um, I'm kind of all over the place here because there's so much bad that I want to say about this movie. (laughs) I don't like that they killed off Cletus Cassidy at the end. Like I don't like that Venom literally says, fuck you and bites his head off. Like fuck this guy or something like that. I think that, cartage going into the MCU could have been absolutely huge. I don't know if because of the multiverse shit he can come back. I have no idea Um, but I feel like they took one of my favorite villains of all time and kind of ran it into the ground and I really didn't like Venom in this movie. It was too this was not really but y- you know the whole um, Toby Maguire Spider-Man 3 shit where he's out on his own and he's a little dark and cringy like I kind of felt that like Eddie and Venom split up in this movie and they go their separate ways and Venom's off at this I don't even know what it is it's some kind of party and like everyone's very focused on just individuality and stuff like that which is great fine whatever but Venom's on stage just by himself everyone thinks it's a costume And he's like giving this speech about being empowered and being free and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is so forced. It's so cringe. And I just didn't have... I didn't have a good time with it. Um, At the end of the night, I was left disappointed. Even like the end credit scene. I mean, that itself made up for it a little bit. Because the first thing we hear is uh, Jonah Jameson's voice. And like, it's the whole Peter Parker Spider-Man shit. And... um essentially venom kind of sees it and he's like he sees tom holland's you know spider-man and he's like this guy and he looks at the screen and that's the first time in that movie where i felt like that was truly venom the venom that i know i also don't know why he just had anger for tom holland all of a sudden or peter parker all of a sudden like i don't know why um that felt forced too the whole movie felt forced unfortunately um Mm -hmm. But I tried to enjoy it. I think they did a great job at displaying how powerful Carnage truly is and getting the powers that he has down, like the projectiles and the blades and stuff like that. Like, he's a fucking monster, and they truly showed that. But at the same time, how they went about beating him and then even killing off Cletus Cassidy, I oh, just fucking, it was awful, man. I didn't care for it.
0: Yeah. Well, damn. That That, uh, that doesn't sound great.
1: No. And like, I can't like, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to buy it when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, Just because I need it. I have every other (laughs) Spider-Man movie, so I might as well get that one. Um, yeah, but I, I, I need a second watch through now that I know that the direction that they're going, um, definitely need a second try.
0: I read, um, like, a like a synopsis of the end credit scene or whatever because, uh, like, you said he licked the screen and you're like, mm, what the fuck? That doesn't really make sense. Um, <clears throat> the synopsis that I read basically said that throughout the course of the movie, every time that Venom encountered Carnage, he was, like, quote, unquote, being influenced by Carnage, so to speak, as far as, like, a bloodlust goes. And that's where the weird hatred, unknown hatred for Spider-Man comes from during that post-credit
1: scene. I mean, maybe like stupid, but so Cletus gets the symbiote because Cletus is on death row and Eddie visits him one last time. Cletus somehow gets his hands on him. He bites Eddie. He's Cletus specifically says, I've tasted blood. This is not blood. And um, like you, Mm. you're hiding a secret essentially. Mm. And then when everyone's left and Cletus is alone, you see the symbiote like on the tip of Cletus's finger and stuff like that. So it's carnage is a, a byproduct of venom. That is true. At the end of the movie, it kills him and then he kind of reabsorbs it. So if this is like a bloodlust from carnage and maybe this is how carnage comes back, fine. Like I, I get it like, fine. okay, but yeah, that, I don't know. That makes sense. It was, it was a jumbled ride. I will say that.
0: Yeah. I right, I, right i was gonna go see it and then um i i, I think it was gonna go like last weekend or something with with somebody and then i asked a couple of friends who i know saw it and i'm like yeah what did you think and they were like mm, pretty bad
1: don't don't yeah do i i will and i don't think it'll happen very small percent chance but i will shit my pants if venom appears in um the next spider-man movie way home yeah uh, no way
0: home. at this point who the fuck
1: knows I mean, we have Goblin. We have Doc Ock. Nobody knows. Well, we we
2: presumably have Goblin. Oh, that oh, was, was his bomb, trailer. dude. Well, oh, I mean, yeah, that's his bomb. But I like. I mean, you're right. Who knows? I just assume they didn't show him. I I mean, I assume like I have to assume that we're going to get him in that costume. I just don't know that it's going to be Willem Dafoe. I, I don't know. That sounds like
0: Willem Dafoe in the laugh. I mean, they could keep the laugh though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, sure.
2: that's easily edited. Yeah, you know sure.
0: to make. I'm excited. Like What's that's it be very close. Spider Man Two is Goblin. I think
1: how disappointed oh, people would be.
2: Please don't, <laughs> don't, just don't. Yeah, just about? don't that go see Venom. Let there be carnage. Don't don't waste your time. Um. Yeah. Well, that sounds like uh, not a good time. No, <laughs> I would really. Did you watch the first one, Josh? Yeah.
1: Did you uh, w- Did you like it?
2: Uh, No.
1: <laughs> oh, then you would hate this one. Holy shit. I kind of <laughs> wish you would have watched it.
2: Uh, It's fine, I guess. It, I, okay. Here's the thing about the first one. I think that it knew what it wanted to be and was unsuccessful in pulling that off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it wanted to be a buddy cop m- movie and like at times it works as that. But for the most part, it doesn't.
1: And, and that's, that's what it. It goes even further off the rails in this one. I mean, truly. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Like, I actually thoroughly enjoyed the first one compared to this.
2: Um, oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's fuck. Not good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, well, uh, do you guys want to know something that is thoroughly enjoyable?
1: Is it the next 007?
2: Uh no fuck will you ruin mine? No. <laughs> I mean I can I can talk about it if you want. Um I just want to know if it's good. Uh, okay then yeah fuck it because I did talk about Quantum Solace first. Um, so yeah I went and saw No Time to Die uh, Monday. This movie is real good, yes. like really really good, like. Like, Casino Royale <laughs> levels of... Oh, shit. Um, I do not... I, I don't know if I'm in the minority on this or not, but I think of Skyfall being the best one. Um, it, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's shot the best. I think it, like, moves the best, because even though it's, like, two hours and 40 minutes, like, I don't think that there is, like, a bit of fluff in Skyfall... Uh, Whereas I don't know that I can necessarily say that about the other movies that Daniel Craig has done, especially fucking Spectre. I feel like (laughs) it's just fluff out the ass, even though it's actively trying to fucking do something. (laughs) Um, But um, but yeah, uh, this one, I think, is just as good as uh, Casino Royale. It is. Fucking spectacular. Um,
1: that is fucking great to hear, dude. How was, uh, Rami Malek?
2: So th- we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Okay. Um, so the movie as a whole is written really well. Uh, it's acted and directed really well. Like I loved, uh, the one bright spot from Spectre that I remember was, uh, Leah Sado. I, I think that's how you say her name. Um, and she is just as fucking great here. Like, she's just top-tier excellent in this movie. Um, and Daniel Craig is just bringing his fucking A-game. Like, I I don't know, man.
1: Like, it's the one, like, it's his last one, he's gonna go all out type of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just, he's so fucking good in it. And uh, Rafe, I, I believe that's how you say his name, Rafe Fiennes. Um, he is really, really solid in this. I kind of wasn't expecting him to be in it as much as he was. Um, but he's really good. I I mean, across the board, the movie is just really good. Um, and it, the, the thing about Rami Malek, and I think this comes down to the writing, not necessarily his acting is that he is underused. I think, um, he's in it a fair bit. Like he's got, uh, probably I'd say five or six really big scenes and then like maybe like three or four couple smaller scenes. Um, but I, I feel like he could have been used better or, or at the very least he could have been used more. Um, and part of, part of that is the writing. So this movie, they knew it was going to be Daniel Craig's last one. So they try to like wrap everything up. Right. So like you get like a uh, resolution to stuff like Spectre, you get resolution to stuff from like the MI6 that's been around, you know, f- for fucking forever. Uh, you get, um, you know, stuff with his and uh, Leia Siddow's, um relationship. Like it tries to wrap everything up. And because of that, Rami's character I feel like it's short shrift like I I really do feel like he could have been possibly the best uh Bond villain um of the Craig series I I really think that he had like enough of a, a of a presence like from an acting standpoint to do that um but he just was the the writing didn't use him enough um and that's so if i could interject would you
1: give it now that you've seen them all would you give it to javier bardum or would you give it to mads mickelson
2: uh you know as much as i hate to say this i think it it goes to mads uh and and the reason that i say i hate to say that is because skyfall is my favorite of of the the new movie yeah it was it was fantastic but Mads Mikkelsen as Le chief is just, oh, he's so good. He's so fucking good in that role. Yeah. And like, he just like oozes menace, but like he doesn't even necessarily like have to do anything. If that makes sense.
1: Right. And then the one time where he does do something at the very end of the movie, he's fucking violent. Yeah.
2: It's like ultra violent. Um, yeah, yeah he, he's just, he's so fucking good in that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and I like I like Javier Bardem's character in Skyfall. But he's another one that I feel like is almost underutilized. Like he doesn't have enough to do in that movie. I feel like right. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I, I think that the the movie really does a good job of also acknowledging like so the writing could have been tighter for sure, especially with the plot. But, like, the story that it's trying to tell has a lot to say about legacy, uh, which was something that I kind of wasn't expecting. Like, th- so, I feel like I'm getting, like, really caught up on the the Daniel Craig 007 bond. But, like, I feel like all of his movies, with the exception of maybe Spectre, have a lot to say. It, and i feel like the older movies like they're fine and some of them have some really unique like things to to say and do but for the most part they're just like fun little adventures you know what i mean like they're they don't they're just meant to be popcorn flicks but i feel like all of these movies have something to say and the way that this one ends really i i think will speak not only to Daniel Craig's bond run and its legacy, but kind of the legacy of James Bond as a whole, because there's stuff in here that like, it it's really trying to like, I, I think it does a better job of saying some of the things that the last Jedi was trying to say, like about like, you know, sometimes we need to forget the past and, or at, at the very least confront it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just... I think that that this movie really puts a stamp on everything that made Daniel Craig's run as Bond great. And I really loved it. Uh, I don't know that it's the best Bond. I don't know that it's the best Daniel Craig Bond. But I left the movie... Thinking to myself, this this Bond in particular, this Daniel Craig stuff, really left an impact on me. And I'm really glad that it ended in a satisfying manner.
1: Damn, that's what I needed to hear. I mean, I, I've grown up with James Bond, but truly when he took over as 007, it was night and day difference. It's like what you said before I was just watching some quick spy flicks, you know, and even Pierce Brosnan, his stories, they were just like a good action time. But Daniel Craig, when he took over and the first one we get is Casino Royale, I feel like I was watching something like there was levels to it. It wasn't just a quick movie to watch there. This was a story and it was setting up for something much bigger than itself. And then truly that's what happened quantum of solace you know people might give it grief but it was still good um but then we get skyfall and it was just it was it was so fucking good all the way up until the very end and then we had emotional moment i don't want to like i just completely spoiled venom for everyone but this is something i don't want to spoil for people if they've not seen it but the emotional impact of the end of Skyfall was huge for me because I grew up with 007, like I told you. So seeing one of those main characters die that I never thought would, it was, it was crushing. But again, I was feeling stuff that I had never felt before on a Bond film. And then Spectre came out, and like you said, like it, I think it's the weakest of the five. I don't think, well, I say five, I've not even seen the fifth one, but I don't have to see it to know that Spectre's the weakest Um, which is really weird when you consider who played the villain in that movie.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Because like uh, we won't, I won't even go into it, but essentially everything you said culminates down to how I wanted Craig to end his run. Essentially. I'm going to go see it soon. I hope. Um, but I don't know who the next bond is going to be, but I know they have absolutely colossal shoes to fill.
2: Oh yeah. One hundred percent.
1: Austin, watch him for real. No. Okay. Maybe, uh, well, just kidding.
0: One day.
2: Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't watch things anymore. He's a. He's a big reader boy. He's been reading some manga. Oh.
0: It's true. Um. So I. I've been keeping up with My Hero, and it's really the only manga that I even keep up with anymore. Uh, I tried to keep up with Boruto while it was running, and then it became trash, so I stopped. I mean, it's always been pretty bad, but it got progressively worse. Um, so My Hero is really the only Shonen manga that I actively pay attention to uh, a- a- as it releases. Um, I- I've been reading every chapter as they come out every Sunday for like the last two fucking years. Um, And they announced the other day That it is officially in its final arc They are going to be wrapping the story up very soon uh, I think I think they said they wanted to have it done By March of next year uh, Which is sad because I uh, I think the anime started in 2015 Somewhere around there I know me and Madison started watching it In like 2017, 2018 We got caught up super fucking quick And just stayed fucking on top of it and uh like i don't like shonen i'm i'm not because they all have the same fucking tropes they all have the same bullshit spout power scaling problems they and my hero is no fucking exception to that um but i i don't know something about this story like it clicked with me more than any shonen has done in like the last 10 plus years and I really fucking love it, and I'm, I'm really sad that it's going to end soon. Um, for people who don't know what My Hero is, it's essentially Sky High, the anime. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, but that's essentially the plot of My Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> pretty much 80% of the world's population is born with some kind of weird power, and they started calling them quirks, and then superheroes became like a real profession and they have schools where kids with exceptional powers go to learn how to become heroes and uh, uh it's a pretty bullshit plot but it it's it's good i really fucking enjoy it um essentially the main character uh deku was born without a quirk and uh the uh like number 1 hero uh all might his idol idolized him his whole fucking life uh, was like, hey, uh, I don't actually have a superpower. It's been passed down through generations, and uh, you're a strong-willed kid with a good heart, and you don't have a power, so I'm going to give you mine and watch your body literally explode. Uh, the, basically, the first two seasons of My Hero and like the first good handful of arcs is just Deku learning how to use this power. Um, pretty much all through season one and two, every time he punches something, every bone in his fucking arm breaks Cause his body can't handle the power that the, the recoil that his power puts out. Um, and then he starts to master his power and kind of go through all that bullshit. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, there, there, there's a, there's a big bad in the sidelines. That's been kind of orchestrating everything this kid has gone through. And, uh, it's, it's all culminating now and trickling down. And I'm, I'm very excited to see how it ends. I know I'm not saying any of this very well. I'm not doing good with my words tonight, but, uh, Go read it. It's it's very good. Or watch it. The anime is great, too, honestly. It's some of the, honestly, aside from Demon Slayer, some really fucking solid
2: animation. Cool. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, well, that kind of no. steered more into anime than manga, but that's still.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Cool. I've also been reading manga. Oh, have you? Uh, no, but I have been reading Marvel comics, so it's kind of close.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, D- did you write that on the list or?
1: No, I, I just interjected. Uh, I was rude.
2: You want to talk about it?
1: <laughs> um, I'm reaving, uh, reaving, reading Craven's Last Hunt right now for the first time. Um, mm. I have the Marvel Unlimited app and. Oh, nice. If it's really awesome, dude, I can just sit here and read whatever I want. I'll read a issue before I go to bed every night. Um, that's pretty cool. It is, man, because I can literally delve into anything Marvel. And, of course, I'm just primarily focused on Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but if Spider-Man 2 comes out from Insomniac and it has anything to do with Craven's Last Hunt, I would like to be a little bit familiar with it. Um, it's pretty fucking dark, dude. I didn't anticipate the way mm-hmm. that it would go, but I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it, man. I've already read, like, Miles Morales on... Um, uh, the Marvel Unlimited app before, and I've, you know, delved into a lot of his stories. But after Craven's Last Hunt, I'm just going to keep going. So if anyone's listening and you have recommendations, especially if it's Spider-Man specific, please let me know because I have all the time in the world to read these comics now.
0: How much does that app? I know that bitch is subscription-based.
1: So you can actually, I think you can, a- it is, I th- but I think you can get either seven days to a month for three. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's only $10 a month, and that's not bad to literally have as many Marvel comics as you could possibly imagine. That's not terrible. That's really not terrible at all. Honestly.
2: Do they have like a good back catalog of stuff?
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, more than I could, I can't, I couldn't finish if I tried like every single thing. There's thousands on, I swear, dude, there's so much. I'm
0: kind of like you and I would only care about the Spider-Man stuff. Truly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to eventually branch off into uh daredevil um, I'll try some Avengers stuff probably, but like I said, there's people out there who are more acclimated with the Marvel comics than I am. So I'm yeah. totally down for suggestions if anyone has any.
0: Do they have like, um, like I know Josh just asked about back catalog, but like, so I would assume they have like the really, really fucking popular stories like civil war and house of M yeah. and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, you oh, can shit. literally select by series characters, creators. I mean, you can, That's you can go wolf. through it is, man, and I. There's no shortage. I mean, I don't even know how many are on here. I, it could be tens of thousands for all I know. I have no idea, but it's definitely awesome. worth it just to give it a shot and read as much as you can in a month. It's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Sick. That's fucking cool.
2: I'll have to check that out because I. Uh, I really like.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> um, and it's super easy to navigate on your phone. You can read page by page. or I like to, you know, double tap and zoom in and oh, I can go panel like by panel, panel by panel. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: really awesome, man. Oh yeah. Very cool. Um, well, uh, complete opposite end of the spectrum from comic book talk. I want to talk about some real life stuff. Uh, so I went to my, uh, my good friend JT's bachelor party. Um, uh, I guess it was about two weeks ago at this point. And um, while we were there, he uh, told me about how he liked F1 racing. And I said, (laughs) oh, how lame are you? And then he said, (laughs) no, man, you got to watch this series on Netflix. It's called Formula One Drive to Survive. You'll see. And so I was like, all right, whatever. And I gave it a shot. And my oh my, this shit is fucking interesting as balls. Uh, I have now become an F one fan. <laughs> really? Yeah, I I loved this shit, dude. I, like this was something that I never in my life expected to like, and I I come before you now saying I like F one. I am fucking shocked,
1: dude. Yeah, it's I. Well, I g- go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like I grew up on different types of racing like obviously the south we've all watched nascar at some point but i did watch like f1 and rally and stuff like that but i never truly got into the f1 um stuff what drew you in from from not being interested at all to complete 180 uh
2: so i wouldn't say that i I was not interested at all uh because i had seen like i watched uh i i think it's a little bit different but i watched you know ford versus ferrari um from okay. I think 2018. And I really loved that movie and like loved like how it showed the passion behind what these people do with the cars and stuff. Um, and I had watched, uh, I think it was 2013 uh, the movie rush um, with Chris Hemsworth and uh, uh, what is, what is his name? Uh, the guy who uh, was in um, not winter soldier or was it, yeah, uh, Civil War. He was uh, the the main bad guy in Civil War. What the what the fuck's his name? Daniel Bruhl. That's it. <clears throat>
1: um, I was sitting here trying to think of, and this is just a one off. But did you ever watch Driven with Stallone back in the day? No, I didn't. Uh, I was just wondering because that's something I remember watching because of you just brought it up in my head.
2: Yeah, I, I was looking at um at uh like F one like movies and stuff, just trying to like I guess. I I don't know. Do my research. Be <laughs> so right. Um, and uh, I I had ran across that one, so I I knew the name. I was familiar with the name, but I've never seen it.
1: I just it was one of those just one-off movies, I guess. Like it was a part of my, like dad was that super into racing. So we just sat down and watched it. Um, anyway, that was complete side tangent. Just wondered if you're, if you've gone full on down the rabbit hole yet or not, and just watched all the movies.
2: Yeah, no, I, no, not, not quite. But, um, but, uh, one thing that I, I guess to answer your question in brief, the, the thing that really kind of like drew me in is really kind of the personalities, so the the first season of the series starts uh, at the very beginning of the 2018 season and kind of follows, uh, I'd say probably about like four of the 10 um, F1 teams. It follows uh, Danny Ricardo uh, and Red Bull Racing and it follows uh, Haas and, um, and their, their team. And, uh, there's like a few others. I think it like touches on Williams at one point. Um, but it kind of just focuses on a, uh, on a few teams with like little episodes that will go around and kind of touch on like the other teams that are going on. And what really solidified my interest was when I was, uh, like watching this stuff, I was really kind of surprised at like the personalities that everyone has and how differing they are. Like you watch, you know, Danny Ricardo and you know, he's this fun loving guy and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you watch his teammate, Max Verstappen, who is now actually the, the lead driver for Red Bull. And he used to be like the second to Danny Ricardo, right? Well, you watch Max Verstappen now and, well, not necessarily now, but like you see him in comparison to, um, like in comparison to Danny, and like he's just this driven and like, like fucking like singularly minded guy who's just like he races the fucking wheels off his car, like he just goes balls to the wall every fucking time, and. Getting to know each of the drivers like personalities really solidified it for me. It was just one of those things that I was like, "Oh, okay, these guys ha- have some personality to them. These guys, you know, are y- they want to do their own shit, like very cool." So,
1: do you find yourself drawing any correlation with why you've found fascination with this? to the same reasons that you kind of like wrestling because of the personalities and the stories that they have behind them.
2: I, I think so because, uh, so I watched, uh, one race while I was down in, um, uh, down in Orlando and I was watching it and the entire time I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's a race like cool. <laughs> but then towards the end, like, like, they were talking about how the rain was coming and rain can totally spell disaster for, um, like drivers. Like it can totally fuck up your entire, like you could be leading the race the entire time, right? You could come out and pull and just like fucking dominate everybody and be leading the entire time. And then rain comes and you could fucking wreck and your entire day is fucked. So, Like that was happening and they were talking about that. And there was this young, young guy. I think he's like 23 years old who was driving for McLaren and his name is Lando Norris. And they were talking about how good of a, uh, a day he had had like driving wise and like all of this stuff. And this kid is like just straight up about to win the race. And then the rain comes and it just fucking fucks. His entire shit up. He like went from first, and I think he lost in the final like three laps, maybe two laps. He lost because the rain fucked him because everybody else had fresh tires, but he didn't. And so he ended up not being able to. F- uh, he finished the race, but he ended up not being able to hold on to his lead because he. I I don't want to say he got fucked because he, he kind of, you know, he brought it on himself. He stayed out there. He could have won the race, but it just, it ended up being one of those things where like I was cheering for this kid because he's super young. He's driving the fucking balls off this car. And he just kind of like got fucked by external circumstances. And it was just one of those things that I was like, this is so motherfucking interesting. I like, I am so invested in what these dudes are doing. I I love it. And and then it kind of carried over when I started watching the series. I was like, okay, let me see what this is about or whatever. And then I started watching it and I started getting invested in like these people. Like I like Danny Ricardo now and he's, I, I, I wouldn't say like he's like my, my favorite racer, but like I, I like who he is as a person and I'm invested in whether or not he wins or, you know, I, I look at the, the people who not, not necessarily the drivers, but like, I really like Haas as a racing team, not because they win, but because their team principal is just this really likable fucking little like German dude. And (laughs) he (laughs) I think it's like the first episode, they have this stuff where he's like, they're I think they're leading like most of the race or something like that and then at the end like they have these really awful pit stops and the race ends or whatever and he's on the phone with his boss and he says something about like yeah we were looking like rock stars now we look like a bunch of fucking wankers and it like I laughed so unnecessarily hard at that but I was like this guy like really cares about his job and like really cares about like performing to the best of his ability and shit like that. And it just kind of like was something that I latched onto and was like, okay, I like this. Like this is, this is something that like I'm, I am totally on board with. That's
1: cool because I, I didn't really, I don't know. I I just didn't pick you for a race fan, but I mean, There's always that excitement in finding a new sport, too. Oh, not even a new sport. But it's like, to me, I've never been a fan of American football. But more recently now, especially because of the people I work with, um, I find myself like tuning in more often. And it's like I get it. I've always grown up around it. So I understand the game. I know what's going on. Could I name 10 players in the league? Fucking no. Um, But I enjoy watching it. And there's a bit of excitement for it because... I'm starting to like have an affinity for certain teams, like because I keep tuning in on their specific game days and stuff like that. So I can like, and it's competitive too. It's like you said, there's, there's always a sense of unease in the F1 stuff because you, you never know what's going to happen. You know, there's, there's always one turn away from disaster. Potentially weather can affect you. A tire can blow out. And I'm not saying this in a good way whatsoever, but the crashes are sometimes fucking brutal, dude. Oh yeah. It
2: uh it's I think it was in um I think it was in season three. They showed uh this crash that um I forget his first name, but his last name's Grosjean, This crash that he had, and I was like, This motherfucker's not alive. There's no fucking way that he's he's alive. And then they walk away. He walked away, yeah. Like it was in fucking sane and that's a
1: huge it's I shouldn't say it's a draw because I never want to see someone die like that especially doing something you love like you never want to see someone die but the fact that these guys go through this shit and they have this mentality where they know that around every turn disaster could wait and they've seen friends and teammates and stuff like that go through these crashes they still do it and then when you actually see one of these crashes happen, it's fucking devastating. Like you just said, you think that there's no way a human can survive that shit's on fire and they just walk out like it's nothing. And it's like, that's a testament to how well these cars are built and these fucking cars aren't even much of cars. It looks like a goddamn jet half the time, like a cockpit. (laughs) I mean, it's, there's so much there. It's a truly interesting sport. I it's, it's kind of like American football. It's like, I don't, know a lot about it. I'm not super invested in it, but if it's there and it's on the TV, I'll probably watch it because it's entertaining in its own right. And then you start to talk about the personalities and stuff, which is something I hadn't even thought about. You know, that's why a lot of people like NASCAR, they, you know, back in the day, they liked the Jeff Gordons and the Dale Earnhards and stuff like that. They had their personalities. I get it. But that it's its whole thing in the F1 series too, if not more so like that's, that's an international level of, you know, competitiveness from all different places. It's it's fucking awesome, dude.
2: Yeah, it's it's great. I'm I'm so glad that I I started this series cuz it's now I'm I'm definitely invested in in the racing itself and That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh but you are invested in Pokemon?
1: yeah <laughs> that was a good transition yes i am uh and they just uh you know last week the last friday yes um released it oh hey austin welcome back um <laughs> they <really laughs> released a new movie um it's called pokemon secrets of the jungle this came out a while back on in japan i believe um but it came out on netflix and it was great because we didn't have to go to a theater to watch it sabrina and i could just kind of sit back chill and we we knew it was coming out we made a night out of it it spawned me starting to play shield all over again but um as opposed to venom this was actually a fantastic movie um (laughs) that (laughs) i know that's it's pokemon so how fantastic could it be right but no this is actually it was a good movie it was good it was a fucking solid movie It was solid and it tackled some great stuff like humanity's interference with nature. And, you know, we think we're doing great for humanity, but in actuality, we're fucking this planet up. That came from a Pokemon movie. Um, And it's great. And it, it just shows it shows how we should be, but it shows who we actually are. And this is a story that I can really get behind because everyone here knows my love for nature and the earth. So this kind of really resonates with me. Um, And it follows this beautiful story. I I don't want to delve too much into it um, just because I think if you're a Pokemon fan, you're going to watch it. If you're not, you have kids, give it a shot, watch it with them. It it has a really good meaning to it. But um, it, it follows a really beautiful story. And the characters are a little more complex than... Uh, one would be accustomed to just from like watching the basic Pokemon show, which is how the movies generally tend to go. Mm. Um, but it was it was just a fantastic ride, and then the last ten minutes, I got super emotional because they just made it. They made it come down to a really peaceful and beautiful ending, which is everything you would expect from a Pokemon movie. Um, but the animation was fantastic, the sound design was great in it. Um god, they just they keep getting better and better with what they do. Um it seems like every movie that comes out is like a technical leap from the other one. Mm-hmm. Um Austin and I were talking. I think I think I'm in agreement with you. I think Power of Us is probably my favorite movie. Um I just yeah, love it so Power much. Power of Us was a great one. Yeah, which I it was the one that came out before this one, right? Yeah. It was the one with the okay. uh, zero aura. Right. And I'm just making sure there wasn't one before that or after that. Um, mm-hmm. but these past two movies have been great. So this one's on Netflix. Just check it out. If you're a fan of Pokemon or if you want to sit down with your kids and watch it, it's a great movie. You don't have to have kids to fucking enjoy it. It's, it's just good.
2: You should yep. probably have kids to enjoy it. <clears throat> no, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> um, all well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad that you, uh, that you liked it. Um,
1: it was a good time, man. And it, like I said, it kind of sparked the uh, Pokemon fire in me again. I'm not, it's not on my list of things to talk about this afternoon, but I did, I've almost completely beaten S.H.I.E.L.D. again. I just dumped so much time into that shit because of that movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it got me playing Let's Go again. Ooh. Let's Go? Yeah, because I never finished Eevee.
1: Oh, okay. Was like, anyway, sorry, Josh. I know I said the P word. Here we go. You said
2: the P word. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well i'm glad that glad that you liked it um we'll get to to my last thing and then we can get to some games uh so as you guys are all aware uh i am currently going through my um uh, uh, halloween horror yeah Fest.
1: 31 days i was gonna ask how you were going with it so far so good i haven't skipped a
2: day so far. you've not missed a night yeah so, hey, and you're halfway there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited because uh, so uh, this is
1: the first year you've worked from home and you actually have time. Right? Yeah. Um, well,
2: a little. A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was going really well. So far, most of the movies have been either okay uh, to good. Uh, there have been about three that I would say are clunkers like they're they're just not particularly my cup of tea um, or well not even necessarily my cup of tea more so that they're just bad. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there haven't been any that have been really like exceptional except for this one and this one is Saint Maud. so. Uh, St. Maud is this story about a hospice care worker who uh, super, super devout uh, Christian and uh, her taking care of this um, really secular, uh, maybe the best way to put it, um, woman and how that affects her kind of. Um, and the movie deals with a a fucking lot. Like it takes Mm -hmm. on, um, you know, so it's a, it's a, maybe the best place to start is, is a very deep character study that really tackles a lot of, uh, I, I feel like repression, um, where this whole movie has this really tense uh sexual energy about it with maude and the woman that she's caring for um and how they are very much like you can tell that maude has like sexual like pent-up sexual desires and um they come out like later in the movie, but like from the moment that she sets foot in the, the, the woman's house to take care of her, you like sparks are flying. Like you can totally see that something's going on there. But, um, so it deals a lot with, with repression. Uh, and obviously that comes with, with the religious aspect, but also I think it has a lot to do with like, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this, but like, uh, sort of like, not necessarily different takes on death, but how people can view death. Uh, because the woman that Maud is caring for, she is straight up just living her life. Like she's going to die of cancer very, very soon. Like it's, it's in the cards that she could die. Like, any fucking day but Maude is not doing that and she's very like like pent up and just like uh, the the very opening scene is she is in a like operating room and she's up against a wall and she is kind of like huddled up against the wall like just kind of like shaking and that kind of comes back into play again, like, later. But it really is to show that, like, the death of this person that she was helping in the operating room left a fucking scar on her. It's the whole reason that she becomes religious in the first place. And I, even even that is another thing that it tackles with with, like... Where do we turn when something horrifying happens? And like it shows kind of like in the middle of the movie, like this weird descent that Maud goes on. And I just, I don't know, man, from the word go, this movie had me fucking gripped and I was not expecting it. Like I really, really was not expecting it. It's very much, I think, in the same vein of something like Hereditary or uh, maybe an even better comparison would be Relic, uh, which I know I talked about on the podcast, um, probably like the first two or three episodes, Um, but it's a very, very personal and like small movie that i just loved it's it's up there with censor for me for best movies of the year uh it's fantastic and i really really think that people should watch it
1: where where did you get your list from that you just like chose didn't you don't you have a predetermined 31 movies picked out oh
2: no no i i picked them out myself
1: yeah but when okay that's i shouldn't have said it like that like but haven't you pre-planned them essentially oh
2: yeah yeah i i planned uh i got this list together probably the uh i'd say like last week of september i had kind of been looking at it here and there uh throughout september but it was about the last like probably like three or four days of september that i put everything together
1: so, so that was really it. Like you just kind of went through and chose things that you've been wanting to watch.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Something I went like through, really, I went through and I had decided that this year I was going to do a lot of movies that I had, uh, had like not seen. And um, I also wanted to make sure that everything that I Picked was available for streaming So then if anybody in the, in Our discord or anybody who Follows me on instagram or Um even in some of the Other discords that i'm in if anybody Wanted to follow along they would have access To the same movies that i'm watching I got So you. yeah And where is this one at? Uh, This one is on hulu or Uh epics Which i i Think is a free streaming service Um mm-hmm but but it's for sure on hulu
1: that's good this i think this might be the first one i could actually sit down and watch
2: yeah this one and like if you only watch two horror movies all year I, th- well, I i can't say that because there's still some better coming out that i'm super excited about but so far of everything that i've watched this year if there are two horror movies that you should watch for sure it's saint Maud and censor oh shit yeah big shoes okay they're they're oh, yeah. quite excellent um but yeah uh let's go ahead and get into the games we've been playing um is there anybody who wants to start first uh, i do not okay I,
1: I i remove myself from going first this time okay and i remove you from going first
2: all right Let, let's go austin
1: Oh, okay. So it's me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you, you've said three words this <laughs> podcast.
0: You, you, it is talk. true. I've been quiet. Um, so, yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I finished Persona 3. That's cool. Uh, I said I was going to do that. said I was going to try to finish every Persona game this year, and then after I finished 3, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to play Persona 1 and 2 yet. I'm going to wait. Um, <clears throat>
1: and why I'm, is that?
0: I'm kind of burnt out on JRPGs for a second. <laughs> been putting a lot of time in them and I'm kinda burnt out. Um
2: Yeah, also, you've only spent the, like five hundred hours of your past, you know, year of life doing this.
1: Yeah, yeah, have you taken the time to add up all of the hours that you've truly spent on every persona game this year? I don't want to. I really, I really want you to as an
0: end of the year statistic. <laughs> OK, <laughs> well, maybe I'll do that for the end. This of the year. is why uh, Austin
2: couldn't play any games this year. He was busy playing Persona. Yes. <laughs> he um, literally
1: finished the Persona series.
0: Now, see, I, I finished four, five, uh, five, four and three. I'm not going to play one and two, but I would like to at least finish all of the spinoffs by the end of the year.
1: That's fucking Um, crazy. Are you talking about strikers and dancers and all that shit?
0: Yeah, I think the only two that I'm going to exempt myself from are the uh, two Persona Q games for the 3DS because I don't have a 3DS and I'm not fucking buying one just to play those. Yet. Yet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um they do look really good i'm not gonna lie they look super yeah, fun yeah it's coming <laughs> but uh i'm if i can find a good 3ds emulator for my pc then i'll just do that so if anybody knows one dm me i need one the one i found is bugged as shit and doesn't fucking work um but yeah i i finished persona 3 and i i was depressed it gave it gave me seasonal depression i was upset Um, This is, to my knowledge, uh, the first Persona game where the main character fucking dies. I was like, what the fuck is that shit about? Um, Basically, the entire plot of Persona 3 is uh, uh, you're fighting against what's called the dark hour. And it's like a hidden hour between every single day in which normal people are basically uh, turned into coffins for some fucking reason uh, because they wanted to just slap death everywhere in this fucking game. Uh, but they're turned into coffins. They have no memory of what happens during the dark hour. The only people that do are basically the main character and all of his friends because they can use personas, whatever. Um,
2: typical. You, you eventually meet a, bullshit.
0: Yeah, typical <laughs>
2: bullshit.
0: <laughs> You eventually uh, run into a doomsday cult who can also use personas, and that was weird because. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Persona goes into some dark shit, and it it talks about some really heavy fucking things, uh, but this, to to my memory anyway, Persona 3 is the first and only time this series has tackled self-harm, and I, I don't like saying, like, I, I don't like saying, like, oh, that triggered me, like, I, I don't know, I don't like saying that, it feels weird, uh, but that triggered me, um, I, that made me very uncomfortable and i i, I think it would have made me less uncomfortable if they didn't have a character that did the whole cliche like oh don't do it again for me kind of moments like if they didn't have that i would have been you know whatever i would have just rolled with it but that is what really fucking sealed it um but uh yeah you meet a doomsday cult uh, the, and the, the whole premise of the end game is essentially humanity is subconsciously wishing for death. So death kind of incarnates itself and is going to kill everybody. And the main character sacrifices himself to be said seal for death to keep death away from humanity. Um, and I was kind of like, what the fuck just happened? Also... <laughs> That is the longest final boss fight in a JRPG I've done in a hot minute because that motherfucker has like 14 different stages it cycles through. Um, Each one of, I think its first 13 stages all have uh, 3,000 hit points. And when you uh, get him down to zero, he switches to the next phase with his final phase having like 8,000. So it was kind of somewhere in like the, uh, like kind of 30 to 40,000 total health range. And, oh, my God, I swear to God, I was doing that fight for, like, an hour and a half to two hours. And I wasn't i was I wasn't even using Personas at that point. I was just auto-attacking because I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, I just want this to be over. Um, but because I feel like I can definitively say this now because uh, per- no one really did. Like, do people actually care about one and two? I, a very small group. I don't think a lot of Persona fans do anymore.
2: Yeah, I, um, I think they're kind of like – necessary knowledge for where the series goes. Like in, in terms of like, yeah, you sure. need to know like that Igor like persona stuff. one and two are a thing, but I don't mm-hmm. think that they really do anything special. I no, think three is they, like the first 3 one. Three was a people. Reboot. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Um, and, and it is really cool to see Atlas, you know, they're now that they're doing this whole like 25, uh, 25th anniversary celebration uh, it is cool to see Atlas is still paying somewhat attention to the cast of Persona One and Two. Like the main characters are appearing in artwork and they're appearing in merchandise, and like that's really fucking cool. But like, I'm gonna hold off on those. They're very old, very dated. I played like the first thirty minutes of Persona One, and I was like, mm, "Fuck, I'm no, I'll play that someday, but not today." Um, but. Persona 5 is still my favorite I think because it was my first Persona Game uh, it kind of popped my Persona cherry so I think it's always going to be There um, But I think Persona 3 has the best Fucking story out of all of them I think Persona 3 story is handled Very fucking well um, A lot of the uh, The characters just seem More down to earth I would say than the other two except For maybe the ending because they're, they, it's just kind of like, oh well, we're probably gonna die anyway, so we might as well just, might as well try. Because um, before you fight the uh, uh, Nyx, who is essentially the goddess of death, uh, you're told that you can't kill her, no matter what you do, nothing's gonna fucking work, and all the main characters just get together and they're like, well, if we're gonna fucking die anyway, we might as well try. Um, but I, I and I think, I think for best music, I would I would have to say Persona Four
2: persona Four soundtrack is so good
0: dude it's so good and but uh, persona threes is also really fucking good Mm -hmm. um the i can't remember the title of the song but uh the song that plays in persona three in every random encounter while very good gets very fucking old very fucking quickly um Especially when you're just spending three or four hours at a time going through the same fucking dungeon over and over. It gets the, the soundtrack. That specific song gets old very fast. But um, no, I, I, I've i seen a lot of Persona fans say they didn't really enjoy Perth- Persona Three story as much, and I don't really understand that because I kind of think it's the best one. And if they do a remake, I really fucking want it to be Persona 3 because I would kill to play through that game in modern in modern graphics.
2: It's funny you say that because i was actually when you were talking about how much you dislike um uh like one and two damn mm-hmm. i don't know why it took me so long to get that out um <laughs> but how much you like think that those games uh haven't aged well and and whatnot mm-hmm. i want those remade because i have very fond memories of two
0: yeah i would also be down for them
2: but i i also don't I, I, I'm scared. I would be scared to go back to two because it, God, it came out in what, like 96, 97. Yeah. Um, or maybe that was the first one. Maybe, maybe it was closer. Like first 99. one was 90.
0: Yeah. First one was 97 and I think, uh, or 96. And then I think persona two was like 99 or something.
2: Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I do not want to go back to, because games of that age don't particularly uh, age well. <laughs> do not. Um, not in
0: that genre, they don't.
2: But uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to do that. But I'm glad you like three, man. Three's really, really fucking great.
0: It is solid. Um, I uh, I did pick up a PS3, and uh, nice. I downloaded Persona Three FES solely because. Uh, um, it has a epilogue that takes place after Persona 3. And I was like, well, and what's fucking cool, I thought I was going to have to play through Persona 3 again, but in FES, you can just jump straight into the fucking epilogue. You don't have to play the main campaign of Persona.
2: Oh, nice. Okay. And I think that's
0: rad, so I can just fucking do that. I'm going to count that on my list for the year because like, that's a 40-hour epilogue. That's almost a whole other fucking game at that point. Uh, so I'm going to count that on my list if if I can get to it. Um, my only problem with playing the epilogue is you do not get to choose the difficulty of the epilogue. And the difficulty is automatically set as the hardest difficulty of the main campaign. Oh, wonderful. So I don't know how that's going to go. I imagine terribly because uh, Persona games are... They're not easy when you get into those higher difficulties. They're not. They're not a fun time. They're pretty fucking brutal and unforgiving. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes.
2: <coughs> yeah. Well, cool, cool. Um. <clears throat> well, I, I guess I'll go next. Uh, and the first thing I want to talk about is Hitman Three. Um. So. I had told you guys uh, that I had beaten Hitman and I actually went through and I was looking at things and it turns out that I had not. uh, That I had not beaten the final mission. Um, So I went through and started to play uh, it again and I love this game. (laughs) I really love this game. Uh, The thing that really kind of I think works for it. And that I'll actually kind of talk about a little bit with Sable <clears throat> is that it really is a kind of choose your own adventure sort of thing. Uh, I can go through like I, so what I did is I, I beat the the final mission of the game and it has a nice little ending, whatever, but you don't play the Hitman games for their story. Like it's just not a, a, a thing that you do. Uh, you pay, you play them for, like completing the missions and that sort of thing. And just straight up, this game lets you kind of go about completing the mission in any way that you want. And it is amazing. I have so much fun. Like after I figured out, uh, or after I did the, the final mission or whatever, I just continued to play because I was like, I want to, I I, want to do this. This game is like extraordinarily fun and it really is a matter of like, it just lets you do what you want. I mean, within the given parameters, right? Like you, you can't just like, you you can't drive a car or whatever, but like how you go about like completing the machines and, and shit like that really is completely up to you. And that really is something that I feel like a lot of games that you know talk about player agency and stuff like that even they get wrong like i i don't know i i just really love how fun this game is and how fucking kooky it is like it has so much charm and like like unnecessarily goofy bits to it like mhm the fact that you're walking around in a suit and tie with a completely shaved head with a fucking barcode sticking out on the back of your neck. And then you can switch into a costume that says, I am a worker for this here party. And no one notices it's just the goofiest fucking shit on the planet. Like it doesn't make any sense. There's no way in real life that would ever happen. But in here, the fact that nobody kind of like pays attention to it, is kind of what makes it so fucking funny, and what makes it so like, I guess, charming. And yeah, I just, I really love this game. It's, it's tied for Resident Evil Village for game of the year for me right now. Uh, and I don't know if I'll be able to choose one when it comes time for it uh, mm-hmm. in January. Uh, better, I just. I, I'm having a blast running through this game again. And another thing that's really great is, like, they can last as long as you want them to. So, like, I can go through and play this game for, like, 10 or 15 minutes at a time and, like, be done with it if I want to. Like, I don't have to sit and, like, like make things happen, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm really disappointed that Ratchet and Clink's not your number one because I'm pretty sure it's Austin's number one. And then it could have so been far, all yeah, three of sure. our number one. That fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think Hitman Three's uh Gilbert's number one.
2: Uh yeah, as of right now, I think so. But uh To be fair. I th- <clears throat>
0: Ratchet and Clank probably won't be my number one after SMT five comes out. So,
1: dude, fuck your goddamn November eleventh bullshit, goddamn <laughs> stupid Shin Megami fucking game. <laughs>
2: uh, well, uh, uh, fuck, Dylan, I'm
1: so <laughs> mad that we could have all you. Uni- I really didn't think last year when you made that prediction. I, I think I said that we would all agree. I don't know. But there was actually a chance this year that we could have all agreed on Ratchet. And And now it's just down the the poo poo hole.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm so fucking mad. Well, it's really. Most of the goddamn Discord. Well, no, because you just admitted to me that your fucking affair with Shin Megami. (laughs) Isn't that a JRPG?
2: It is, yeah. Yeah, so you're taking a break right, so
1: Maybe you should just wait. Yeah, you <laughs> might need to wait till next year to play that one. There's because look, Austin. I mean, eight days after that, you're gonna be playing Pokemon. That's a JR. You just you yeah, I know. That means I've got eight days to finish. I so no, that means you should probably wait till January before <laughs> you start playing that one. Um, but what I can't wait to get back to playing is uh, Destiny Two.
2: Good man.
1: So. I, it's not really unfortunate news for me. What did Are you, you actually just? Again? No, I'm continuing on with the podcast because I'm mad that we can't all agree on the same. <laughs> <game>. Okay. <laughs> um.
2: Listen, if Josh makes Two it is number one, talking. I'll back down.
1: Hell. Oh, hey, Josh. Sup?
2: You gonna you gonna do something You're, for me, big boy? You big guy?
1: Yeah. Oh. I will absolutely do something for you if it means we all agree on the same shit. <laughs> That would have been a rad prediction. Uh, wait, was that, was that sexual or was oh, that just like, am I gonna sexual. do something? Oh fuck, damn! I just agreed right. Yeah, to that. you did. All right. Oh, and I was, was enthusiastic like,
0: now I'm too. Definitely in.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, now, yeah. Like I said, Josh got that dumb truck. I'm about it, um, boy. Jesus <laughs> fucking hell. We were doing so good. Destiny two <laughs> is actually about to lose some DLC again. Um, mm. It's yeah. So when the witch queen comes out next year, we're actually going to wind up losing the forsaken DLC, which brings with it the tangled shore. Um, they just announced that I think this past week, which it, it sucks if you haven't played it, but it's also really old and dated DLC. Um, You can still do strikes and stuff, and it's a lot of fun to play, and that's the DLC where ultimately we wind up losing Cade and stuff like that. Um, So it's going to be vaulted, and it's going to go away. But um, starting on December 7th, it'll be free to play from that day until Witch Queen comes out. So if you haven't got a chance to play it yet, go ahead and do it. It'll be free. Destiny's awesome. It's a lot of fun. And that's what I've been doing is I've been kind of trying to gear myself up for losing the dlc getting the stuff that i need to um just exotic wise quest wise i think i say that and today i spent all day doing current stuff that i needed but now that that's out of the way i can jump back in and get what i need done out of forsaken get my good old exotic weapons and stuff like that and it's a it's a fun time to play because the season of the lost is here i think it is for the halloween event um, so there's some cool shit going on in the game, uh, event wise. It's just a good time to jump in. I mean, Destiny's so much fun. I get hyper fixated as soon as I boot it up every time. Um, to the point where it stopped me from playing SHIELD because I just started up again. Um, that's Pokemon. So that's a that's a huge monument to how addictive this game is to me. But uh yeah really I wanted to talk about it because if you didn't know forsaken is going away and you have played destiny, but you haven't played it now's the ch- now's the time um do it before it's gone because like Mars and everything that else you know that disappeared before the tangled shore like it's it's leaving and it's not coming back uh I think they're gonna like do some kind of fancy pack though if you already have the forsaken d l c um you're going to unlock some like weapons and stuff like that. And then if you don't have it, you can like buy the pack or something, but uh, I don't know when they're doing that, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff happening right now. Play, play the fucking game. Hmm. Very cool. Austin. Um, you always say it and then I never see you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely, uh, unfortunate because Austin's missing out. Uh, destiny is great. Um, I haven't played it in a very good hot minute, But um, I have very fond memories of that game.
1: Yeah. Man, I think it's, I want to say it's just as fun as like when, like my nostalgic days of playing Destiny 1. Like that's how much fun I'm having right now with Destiny 2.
2: Yeah, they've uh, Um, fixed a bunch of shit too, right? Like I've heard that like, yeah, uh, like the game used to not be as good. And like since the last like two DLCs or seasons or whatever. That shit has really kind of gotten
1: significant. Yeah, they're they're really making what I feel like are leaps and bounds in terms of improvements. Like they even fixed like nerfed stasis to where it needs to be. Still a lot of fun to play with stasis. Like I'm using it right now, but it's within reason. Um, And they're just they're dishing out content, man. Like there's going to be a thirtieth, and I think it's thirtieth anniversary of Bungie. like event thing that they're going to wind up selling to coming soon. Um but and it's like thirty years of Bungie's history. Like we're gonna get tons of weapons and stuff. It'll be like a a new dungeon and stuff like that. I forget exactly what it is, but I mean that's right around the corner as well, on top of everything else that I've just said. So they're, they're dishing out content. They might be taking stuff away, but they're not just taking away and, and, you know, not replacing it. Like there's always something new. If they take one thing away, two things are coming type of deal. And I'm excited, man, because when you look on the timeline, when you get on destiny, it shows like the witch queen. And then there's like three spaces ahead of that. Like there's, they're planning and planning and planning. So there's a lot of stuff to come, man. It's, it's super exciting. Um, and the game's just as fun as it's ever been, if not better.
2: Well, very cool. Um, well, <clears throat> Austin. Yes. Go ahead oh, and tell us about turn. that uh, that Ratchet & Clank life.
0: Okay. Not the one I was prepared to talk about, but sure. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> so the only reason I picked up Ratchet & Clank is because I told Dylan I would if he bought Persona 5. <clears throat> and he did. So I was like, fuck. I didn't think
2: and he's a, a man. <laughs>
0: so now I have to do it. And I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. I, I, this is not, uh, similarly to Dylan when he was talking about fucking persona five, you know, saying it was, it was kind of out of his comfort zone. That's how I felt with ratchet and clank. I don't really do 3d platformers or any platformers at all. It's just not really my thing. Um,
2: it's cause you're a bad person.
0: It's, sure for sure you i mean yeah people have called me worse so probably um but i i was surprised i thoroughly enjoyed it um i thought the story was super wholesome and and really fucking nice um i'm having trouble remembering it because it's been like a couple weeks now i don't i don't hope retain information for that long
1: all that matters is that you
0: remember that it's your game of the year so far yeah it is my game of the year um so who is your favorite character Oh God! Uh, well, <clears throat> I wanted it to be Rivet, and it yeah. it, it still kind of was. Um, that's honestly my only real complaint with the game is I I really wanted Rivet to be more different than what she was. Uh, she she had a her personality was fucking great, but uh, like I kind of didn't really want her to play the exact same. If that makes sense like like I would have liked it better if she had different move set, you know, maybe different weapons or um
1: uh a, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Um she had some individuality outside of Ratchet. Yes, and sh- she didn't aside from a color swap and a robot arm. But I mean the personality is com- yeah, it's, for sure. But I see what you, like you wanted her to have her own moves, her own weapon sets mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, i I did think the final boss was a little underwhelming
0: uh compared to the rest of the game and i was I was put off on this game for the simple fact that it was only like six hours long um but upon actually playing the game uh, I mean there there's a lot of fucking replay value here um you know you got uh, I, I st- still think I have a good handful of weapons to fucking purchase and upgrade. I know I didn't even finish upgrading more than maybe two weapons throughout my playthrough because I, I was, you know, trying to play through it kind of fast. I didn't really look for, for the, um, the out of reach collectibles and shit like that. Like uh, I didn't get the fuck. What's the name of the gun that brings in other weapons from other PlayStation? Oh, uh, properties. Uh,
2: shit! I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't even attempt to get that.
1: Did you get the Keyblade? Hmm. Did you get the Keyblade? Uh,
0: I'm gonna assume that's a joke.
1: No, that there's actually a keyblade in the game. Oh no, I did not. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I don't think it's called keyblade, but it there's actually one. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the game was great. I,
0: so far, it's my game of the year. I, I thought it was fucking stunning, dude. That game really was beautiful. Um, and even right from the get go, when you're in the fucking like a uh, 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 night city, is Ratchet. It was fucking awesome i loved it it's a great game
1: yeah it's Uh, beautiful it's a lot of fun and it takes advantage of the ps5 oh yeah it does the the haptic feedback feels fucking great here
0: yeah which is something uh, that i hope more playstation exclusives take advantage of
1: but i what what did you think of like traversing the rifts and how like it's i love kind of trippy because you like pull it towards you but you're moving forward you know what i'm saying like yeah and really cool. the,
0: the whole concept of, of some of the levels where like you you would get blocked off and then you would have like one of those gems that you could hit that would take you to another like dimensions version. yeah and that's like that was fucking cool that was interesting. That was that was a cool traversal method that they uh, had in there. But yeah, it was. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, I, this would probably make me go back and play other uh, previous Ratchet and Clank games if I just didn't already have so many other things on my list that I want to knock out for the rest of the year. Um, like I've still got Ghost of Tsushima. I would still like to at least put some bit of time into fucking Valhalla. I don't know that that's gonna happen because it just keeps getting pushed back every time a new game catches my eye. But maybe one day. But yeah, so far it's. I mean, it it was pretty like not to fucking put this game down in any way because this game really is great. But it's pretty easy to be my game of the year when it's like the third game I've bought that came out this year. Yeah. Like it really. Its competition was, its competition so far has been Persona Five Strikers and Monster Hunter Rise. So. It, it it was pretty easy to take that number one spot and i don't know we'll see it might lose it when when smt5 comes out we'll see but so
1: far it's it's there it's number one well i'm glad you liked it it was i mean all jokes aside like yeah i want to stall agree on the game of the year but just the fact that you played it that's great because like you said it was a huge step out of your comfort zone you're not I a was. platformer person but um, I don't know, man. I'm glad you at least enjoyed it because that was the whole like Josh and I had a whole episode where we fawned over it. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's just amazing. I loved it. it. It definitely. I mean, I've not played that many new releases this year. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, but that one. It's just it's so good, man. Uh, game of the year for sure. There,
0: there's another Ratchet. There, there, I know that there's a Ratchet and Clank game that's a part of the, that that uh, uh, PlayStation Plus collection. It's the
2: 2016 yeah. remake.
0: Yep. Mm. Is that a remake of the first yeah. one?
2: Oh, and it's
0: okay. it's I might very actually play that. That sounds pretty cool. Really. All right. Bet I might actually sit down and play that then. Is it also five and a half hours long? Uh,
2: I don't know where you're getting that from because I played probably almost 30 hours of Ratchet Clank. Oh, uh, I did platinum it, so I mean, I guess that's a little bit different. Yeah. But,
0: so that's definitely why But
2: but there's How no fucking beat, way it was only six hours.
0: How long to beat has it at five and a half on average? There's
2: no fucking way. <laughs> it's very
0: quick, dude. I think I only have like six hours on it.
2: Uh, I don't know. I Maybe. I don't fucking know. But I, get a, I feel like I played it for closer to like 12 or 13, 14 hours. Somewhere in that time range. See
1: Exploration. Now- Was a huge part of it for us, I think, because we did take the time to explore the maps and stuff like that.
0: See, now I look at it, though. This is super interesting because I'm pretty sure I have a screenshot of it. When I looked at Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart like the day I bought it, how long to beat said 5.5 hours on average. And I just looked it up to make sure I wasn't sounding like a fucking idiot, and now it says 11 so that's super odd. Don't know why that happened. But now it's saying it's 11 hours long. But I definitely only got like six or seven at the most.
2: Hmm. Weird. It was great. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Now I'm curious. I do actually want to look and see what my actual playtime is. I'll do that later.
2: Cool. Um... Well, the next game I'm going to talk about is a little game that came out earlier this year called Trigger Witch. Uh, so, Trigger Witch, um, I actually I did a guest spot on uh, the Chomp Cast with the boys over at Sword Chomp, and uh, I actually talked about this game. But if you uh, don't know who those guys are, or uh, still like the sultry, sultry tones of my voice, or what have you, um. Trigger Witch is That's. a 2D uh, top down um, twin stick shooter that is uh, also kind of uh, ex- exploration based. Um, and um, yeah, so I think probably the best way to start this is to say all the good things about it. I think the game is fun as hell. Um, Like it is exceptionally uh, crafted on a mechanic level. Like everything, kind of like really feels good to play. If that makes sense. Like all, like you know, having the gun and spinning it around and what have you is uh, is like nice and tight. The combat is really nice and tight. Um, I really like a lot of the writing. I think it's very charming. Like the interactions between Colette, who is the main character, and her friends um, in the first probably 20 to 30 minutes of the game really kind of gives you a sense of what these characters are and stuff. And I really liked it. Or I really like them, I should say, as characters. Uh, And their stories definitely go places that I was not expecting. Um there's also a twist at the end that had me laughing uncontrollably like I don't know what the fuck I was expecting but it wasn't what I got and I loved it. I I thought the twist was one of the funniest fucking things ever. Um but I also really like the art style. It's very reminiscent of older games. Like, uh, there's, there's influences all over the place. Uh, and I I think really from like a artistic design and like kind of like level design stuff, it's very much inspired by 16 bit games. of the SNES, there's a lot of, um, link to the past in here. I, I saw some Dragon Quest stuff in here. Like, it really wears its influences on its sleeve, um, which isn't, again, necessarily a bad thing, just, um, just you know, kind of stating facts. Um, I also really like that, even though it's a game where you're kind of, like, killing woodland creatures and, like, kind of, like, plants and stuff like that, uh, instead of having them just kind of, like, kind of, like, wilt or whatever, like they would in, like like, a Zelda game, or something like that. They explode in like guts and gore and it makes me laugh. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what that (laughs) says about me as a person.
1: I am looking at the most outrageous picture of them exploding into guts and gore and
2: it's It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) It's it's awesome. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so I kind of think that, for as much as it gets right and for as much fun as I had playing it, it has a lot of flaws. Uh, I really think that the, the wearing its, influence, its influences on its sleeve sort of thing kind of starts to wear thin. Um, the more that you play it and it kind of, instead of carving out an identity of its own, like some of the other, like better inspired games, like for instance, you know, we, uh, well, I played Ender Lilies earlier this year and it was very clearly inspired by like a bunch of stuff, notably Castlevania. Um, and you know, I would, I would probably throw Hollow Knight in there, but, um, maybe even some Dark Souls because the, because the way the storytelling is and stuff. So the thing that separates Trigger Witch from say Ender Lilies is that Ender Lilies you can tell the influences are there, but it carves out its own unique thing. And I don't know that trigger, which necessarily does like, it kind of feels like everything in the game was like almost lifted from those older games that it's drawing, um, inspiration from. And that is all the way down to like, I feel like the, puzzle design in this isn't particularly good it's fine it's serviceable it does what it does but like the only time i ever felt like challenged i guess is the word was when uh, i would have these time-based puzzles where i would have to like shoot targets and then kind of like run around as fast as i could to get to where i needed to like sh- either shoot the next target or get inside the gate that these little targets were like unlocking. Excuse me. Uh, that's for you, Tony. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, like i I felt like the puzzle design was kind of meh. Um, I kind of feel like the music doesn't really do enough to stand out on its own. Like, a lot a lot of these games that, are, again, are, you know, they're looking towards the past for inspiration or whatever, have really great music to them. And this one, nothing here is incredibly memorable. Um, and, you know, that's not something that you should probably, I guess, necessarily mark as a negative. But I feel like when you're wearing stuff on your sleeve as hard as this game is, you would think that it would have better music and it doesn't. Um, I also feel like the enemy design, like the enemy designs are kind of cool when you first see them the first time, like they kind of have like unique abilities, but then like it's when you get into the later portions of the game, it's the same, like five enemies reused with like a slight change to like their color or like maybe their weapon that they're using will be ever so slightly different. Like, uh, I, I remember one in particular, they have like this sort of like, uh, shotgun blast that shoots like a laser out towards, towards you. And then that kind of like variant of the enemy that's near the end of the game, instead of shooting like a laser out, it shoots like this, like three pronged sort of like, uh, fireball at you. Um, and like it's just unfortunate that they couldn't have done something a little bit cleaner, a little bit nicer. Um, overall though, this game is like stupid fun. Like I really had a, a, a fun time with it. Um, I was looking earlier. It's probably going to break my top 10. Um, but just barely, uh, this is a fun game that I recommend picking up for the 15 bucks that it, that it comes price tagged at. But if you're looking for something a little bit more like robust or with a little less like, uh, I don't want to say that it's generic, but like something that is a little bit more original. Um, maybe this isn't the game for you, but I I still like I still recommend it. It is for fifteen bucks. It is awesome. I loved it.
1: I see what you're saying though, like because the whole time you were describing it, I found a I guess a three hour hundred percent trophy playthrough, and he's playing it really quick. So I've been able to see quite a lot in the time that you've been speaking about it. First off, the soundtrack has barely yeah. changed any, um, and I've gone from the first of the game to the end of the game, but also the combat doesn't seem like it's all that great. Like I'm not trying to shit on the game, but I'm just saying that I, I see a lot of what you were saying, like the enemies towards the end, like they almost look the exact same. Um, the puzzles are super basic. Everything that I'm seeing, like you hit every nail on the head and like, it looks cool for what it is. Um, for for how fast this guy's playing it, it makes it almost look like Hades with the rage weapon. It's kind of funny. Uh, it's pretty cool, but um, no, I, I definitely see the issues that you're talking about. But like you said, it looks just fun enough to, like, maybe it's worth a shot, but if you're looking for something original, probably go Ender yeah, Lewis, oh yeah,
2: right? for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. and, and those, I mean, like, the thing about those two is that, like, they're not a one-to-one comparison, so it's hard for me to say that. But, like, if you are looking for something that is very clearly, like, this has influence from old games, sort of thing. Ender uh, is probably probably the way to go, but tr- Trigger Witch yeah. Man, I don't know. Like, it, it scratched an itch that I didn't know that I had. So,
1: I see that you just need to play Hades that, again.
2: Honestly, that's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, is it my turn, turn? Spider Man?
1: Yep. So I went back to, I think everyone knows by now, but I've given up on trying to complete 20 games this year. Um, I just can't, there's that's, that's not, (laughs) I've learned a lot about myself this year. I've learned that that is not a good thing for me to try and do is force games down my own throat that I don't even have the motivation to play. Um, so, I did go back to a game that I really want to play. And that's Spider-Man. I want to play that all the time. Every time I do go back to it, I get this childlike grin and it's like, um, just amazing. But I've not played the DLC yet up until recently. So I just started and finished. (laughs) Uh, it's pretty quick, but DLC one, um, it proved to not only be eventful, but gripping in, in a way. Um, I enjoyed playing chase essentially with black cat and seeing like her cunning come into play and how easy it was for her to manipulate peter um even the excess collectible missions were fun because you were learning of the history of the hardy family and ultimately finding out it was her dad you were working for the whole time um it was it was it was a lot of fun. Like I enjoyed learning like having that bit of backstory with Black Cat and even seeing her dad. Um, the ending of DLC one, it was a little bit of an ambiguous ending on Black Cat's death. It was it's kind of safe to assume from our point of view that she would return like who is going to die like that. Just a fiery explosion. Um, but. Peter, like in putting yourself in his shoes I guess it, you could see how that would change him or it would, it would affect him, not necessarily change, but it would have, have a heavy toll on him because of um just his past with Felicia, I guess. So there, there was a lot going on in DLC one and it was primarily focused around her um kind of setting up for this bigger you know, operation coming, I guess with hammerhead and everything. And I get that. Um But out of the three, this one, I would say this the first part of the DLC was actually my favorite. Um, everything gone through. Josh, you've played it, right? Uh,
2: no, actually, I haven't. The whole thing. I haven't played any of the Spider-Man DLCs.
1: Uh, I should have asked before I
2: started. Okay. It's all right. Uh, I kind of... Hey, spoilers. I, I kind of... Am <laughs> uh, hey, Austin. doesn't necessarily care because it's the experience that counts, but...
1: And I'm mostly the same. Like, some things... I I've been pretty pissed about, but honestly, I'm the same way. Austin, you've beaten it, right?
2: Yes, right, I played through all of them.
1: Okay, <laughs> I thought you were gone. Okay, um, so anyway, DLC one pretty great. Then we jumped into DLC two. These are quick DLCs. Like I understand they're, mm-hmm. it's a three part DLC, but they were stupidly fast. Um, and at this point, like DLC one started me off pretty high. I was really thoroughly enjoying it. And then the descent kind of started. Um, I I enjoyed DLC one the most, two the second most, and then we'll talk about the third. But DLC two uh, moved more into Hammerhead's territory. And uh, essentially it was his big play against the city um, to be the one and only Don, essentially. Uh, And he's doing this by acquiring Sable Tech, and he's building himself to be something bigger, waging war on the crime families of New York and all that good shit. You know, just normal, you know, Spider-Man villain stuff. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that rides hand in hand with Yuri. And I think uh, Justin was just talking about this in the Discord the other day. It's setting Yuri up to be something um, darker in the coming uh, game, Spider-Man 2. So you're essentially now you learned about Felicia's backstory. Now you're learning more about Yuri's backstory and doing these uh, missions, and you're kind of doing the bases to help Mary Jane, and in doing that, you're getting looks into who Yuri is and where she comes from. Um, and and this deal, see, she is spiraling out of control. Hard. Um, she, yes, big time. She has lost many of her people to Hammerhead, and like I said, the more you did the base uh, missions and you worked with Mary Jane, the more you learned about her family's history with the Magia, Um, specifically her dad not necessarily being the best cop. Um, And I feel like this is where a lot of her passion and stubbornness and ego gets into the way. Uh, Hopefully, we like I said, we see more of that in Spider-Man 2. But the ending of DLC uh, 2, we see Yuri fall from grace and essentially try to kill Hammerhead. And in theory... Um, had it not been for him being stupidly revived, uh, she would have succeeded and that would have been, you know, cold blooded murder on Yuri's hands. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was essentially DLC two. So DLC three, I was the most disappointed in, I mean, uh, it, uh, it starts with Silver Sable coming back. And that's a huge part because I loved her in the main game. So now that she's joining the fray and she's returning to New York, not only to stop the theft of all of her own assets by Hammerhead, but she's, again, here's backstory for Silver Sable. This is something that the DLC does well as it took the characters that were already established and it gave them more history, more of what they're doing, more personality. And I love that. Um, So she's not only coming back to New York to take, control of the assets that Hammerhead's stealing but she's taking them back to her home country of simcaria to assist in a civil war that's essentially going on over there and after like a few really quick missions we see hammerhead make his first appearance in dlc 3 after you know the whole yuri shooting him in the head thing um so now that he's back, he's, like, got this fresh metal scar. He's got this giant mechanical body that he's mutated himself into. Like, he's making himself a, f- a monster, essentially. And so after kidnapping Silver Sable, you know, Hammerhead, we get the chance to not only save her, but fight alongside her. And this is where I feel like the, this part of the DLC truly shined. I loved... Having someone to fight alongside with, and I hope that wherever Spider-Man Two goes, we have more of this kind of interaction. It doesn't have to be with Miles, but the banter that was going on between Peter and Sable at this time was absolutely fucking hilarious. And ultimately, that fight where they team up um, in the underground and the cutscene afterwards—that was really strong relationship building. That. Carries so much weight from the uh, the main game, and I loved it. I loved everything that that um, mission did. And then to end, we went the complete opposite way. Um, the hammerhead fight at the very end was so weak. I thought it was one of the worst boss fights of the game. I thought the cutscenes that went alongside of it were absolutely atrocious, and the ending of the DLC altogether was fucking awful because they did not even okay like we 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 beat hammerhead but we don't even like peter just leaves him there on the boat really like that's not he's not gonna leave a loose end like that like all for the joke of him not being able to swim because they're out on this boat so he has to hitch a ride like it's fucking dumb dude like i wanted more some kind of conclusive end more than what we got and the whole ending of that dlc just ruined everything like i think dlc one was great uh two set us up for what three could have been and then three just drops the ball like the best part of three was that underground fight with sable when we saw the strong relationship building and then it was just basic basic mission to end it and i man i was so disappointed um still love the game i think the main game is great but that dlc was weak sauce i'm not gonna say it was a waste of time but it was so disappointing um very much so. Um, but again, but I mean I, I enjoyed playing it. There was a lot of good suits, got a lot of great screenshots from it. Um, but I hope that there's less of that in Spider-Man two and more of what we had from the main game because that was some uh, it was just weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the Venom two of my Spider-Man time. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't oh, no. Venom Two
2: the spy the I don't know what I'm trying to say. All right. right. Yep. Okay. Austin, go ahead and tell us about your weird fucking Yoko Taro goddamn card game. What the the hell? Yoko Taro? Yeah, Yoko Taro, the the guy who uh, created um, Nier.
1: Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I didn't fucking know that. Anyway, go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: um but yeah so uh i played the demo for voice of cards and isle of dragons i think that's the full name i don't know I don't it's care. something
1: like i thought you said i played the voice of cards demo and i love dragons i thought that's what you said i was like what the fuck oh, does God. that have to do with well, anything he likes dragons man i didn't know it's called isle of dragons yeah. yeah he likes those dragon dildos Oh, I was going to make a joke and then you did it. Fuck you. Yeah, it's fine with the dragon dildo.
0: <sighs> yeah, in my oh never mind. Whatever. Um but so um this I'm not going to lie. This game has potential to also be my game of the year when it no. fully releases. <laughs> this I, This game is really fucking cool, man. I'm going to um, have a
1: fucking stroke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is, this uh this is a very unique RPG um and it it is an RPG in every fucking sense of the word. Um, the demo was kind of weird. It didn't really give a whole lot of backstory on what was going on. It's apparently, uh, it's only like an hour long. Um, and apparently it's a prologue to the main game. It takes place like right before where the main game's going to start at. And you are essentially a member of a group called the Ivory Order. Uh, You get summoned to the queen of something. I don't fucking know. I skipped a couple of things. Um, Basically, this queen summons you and says, hey, uh, somebody stole the royal treasure. We need you to go get it. And you're like, cool. Okay, cool. Set out on this epic quest to get a fucking treasure. Um, The entire world is literally just a board of cards that when you get close to them, they flip over to reveal the terrain, and, um, it's just like, it it was such a different experience for, uh, for an RPG, um, it, it, it it has, uh, it has random encounters, which I kind of hope that's something that's fixed in the main game, because holy shit, there's a random encounter, like, every fucking, like, two car, like, uh, fucking, I don't really know how to say that, but, there's a random encounter literally every, every two steps you move in this fucking game. Like, it, it, they're a lot. They are very fucking frequent. But they're fun. Um, when you get into a random encounter, a, another smaller board is, like, brought over the main board. And um, all of your characters are represented by cards. All of the enemies are represented by cards. Uh, when it gets to a specific character's turn, their card will highlight, and then three more cards will appear. And those will be the actions that you can take. Um, there's damage moves, there's defensive moves, there's evasive moves, or you can choose to pass and that character not do anything. Um, on the left-hand side, you have, like, two little gems uh, that you have at the start of every battle. Every uh, turn that goes, you'll get another gem, and these gems are kind of like the cost for your moves. Um, like, moves will say one gem or two gems or three or, you know, what the fuck ever. Um, but I... I don't know, man. This, this is a very unique experience. Um, you have what's called a game master who was just kind of this random guy that like narrates everything that you're doing and everything that's going on around you. Um, I, I think my biggest complaint about this game so far is there are not a lot of unique designs. Like a lot of the townspeople are just reused over and over and over again Um, like I, like I genuinely thought I was talking to the same old lady who needed some healing potions four fucking times, but then actually looking at their names, they're all supposed to be different characters. And I was like, that's, that's odd that to head to just have that in the same town like that. And then it happens like three or four other times there, there aren't really a whole lot of unique cards for the townspeople. and I I don't know that it's not like a. It's not a deal-breaking complaint, but it, it's still kind of weird. Like, I felt like they could have done a little bit more there. Um, also, some of the characters, some of the NPCs are, like, overtly over-sexual. And that was weird. Like, like I meet a fisherman who was literally wearing nothing but a jockstrap. Like, that's it. He is just this ripped, oily, muscled-up dude wearing nothing but a jockstrap. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? <gasps> But, um, no, I, I I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, I'm very excited for the full release. I was, I finished the demo and I was like, "Mm," like, I liked it. It was really fun, but like, I I don't really know that this is something I want to pay 60 bucks for. Uh, and then I looked at the eShop and it's only going for 30 bucks on launch. So I was like, "Mm, fuck it. Yeah, I'll go ahead and reorder this. So I did. Now I'm just waiting. I'm I'm excited to get into the full release I did notice it only happened the first time I played the demo because I stopped for a little bit and came back because I, I had to go do something um, and the first time I booted up the demo it was having frame rate issues and I'm like I can't even fathom how this game is possibly having frame rate issues um, but the second and third time I went back to the demo I didn't have those problems anymore so I don't I don't know what that's about, but we'll see what the full game is like. I'm I'm very excited for it. It has potential to come to be at my number one for the year. I it looks fucking like
1: weird. I've been I've been watching it and I see what you're talking about. First off, every few moves this person takes, he's in a battle. Yeah. Um that would be incredibly old because there's a lot of there's a lot of field to traverse. So mm-hmm. that hopefully will be toned down. It just looks different, man. It looks so reminiscent of Hearthstone, but it's not yeah for sure it's it's unique
0: i can't really think of an rpg i've played that's similar to this
1: yeah i don't know man like i've i i don't think i could personally see myself playing it but i could see you playing it this just looks like something you're about to spend another hundred hours in
0: oh for sure for fucking sure um when does this come out (laughs) yeah the the same day as like four other games i want to fucking play this comes out the same day as Shin Megami? No. Thank fucking God. Uh, but oh. it comes out like two weeks prior. This comes out Halloween weekend. Oh, shit. Okay. Which so does New Super Mario Party. So does Guardians of the Galaxy. So does Super Robot Wars 30. So does um, another game that's slipping my fucking brain. So I'm, I'm going to... So
1: it's really just going to come down to this and Guardians, though, right? <laughs> uh, yeah
0: probably i i yeah super robot wars 30 is gonna be cool but i think that's gonna be it's a steam exclusive and i don't really get a lot of time to play on my pc so that's probably something i'm gonna buy and then wait until i get my hands on the steam deck to really dive into wow but yeah voice of cards it was great go check it out yeah cool Josh, I think you would like it honestly, just for being the D and D guy that you are.
2: Yeah, when you said dungeon master and you didn't really know what I, w- I was, like I know what that is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Josh started twitching.
2: <laughs> I was like, heavy. What is it? Panting or whatever.
1: Just yeah.
0: What's that D and D sesh happening, bro? God,
2: fuck if I know. When when am I gonna <laughs> tell me when I have time.
0: I don't know. You're the one that offered. That's for you to figure out. Uh,
2: no, uh, that'll be something that definitely is going to take place in the near future. Um, just not, not in October No. Um, I got too much stuff going on right now.
0: I want to try a D and D so bad. I bought the shit for it. Like in May, I bought like a lot of like starter sets or whatever from target. And I just, Never did it. Can never find anybody to play with.
2: It's fun as hell. Sad time. Um well, with that said, um, let's get to my last game and then we can wrap this bitch up. Um, so I've been playing Sable. Uh this is available on Game Pass, so if you hear what I like or if you hear what I have to say about it and you like what I have to say about it, then uh you can check it out for free. Oh, well, not for free, but you you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, Sable is this little indie game that, uh, was showcased during the, uh, I think the steam, uh, like summer of games thing. And they had a demo for it and everything. So I checked it out then really liked what I played and, uh, was like, I can't wait for this game to come out. So, uh, I checked it out or I didn't check it out. Um, but I saw that it was up on game pass and I was like, okay, let me, let me finally get around to this. And so I did. And, uh, I am happy to say that it is as good as the demo. Um, this game is just super unique from a visual standpoint. It looks and feels like nothing I have ever like seen before. It's this sort of like cell shaded, like weird, like, uh, um, like desert meets like kind of like post apocalypse meets like, uh, like future, type shit, if that makes sense. I, I feel like I'm butchering what I'm trying to say. Um but uh yeah I I really like this game. Um so far I am I'm probably about uh eight hours in. I could technically already have the game beat, but I, I think it's a testament to the game itself that I'm having such a blast with it that I don't want to beat it just yet and i'm trying to trying to s- take as much time as i possibly can to um kind of complete it or what have you and um yeah i i think this game does a lot of really cool stuff uh like it's this kind of 3d exploration game that's probably like best summed up as like uh breath of the wild with no combat. Um, I mean that, that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, and it just works because I, I think, I think that it works for a couple reasons. And and the big one is, I, I think that the theme of this game is kind of really written in the, one of the lines that, um, that one of the NPCs at the beginning of the game says, uh, they, they're talking about this bike because the whole thing is, um, you're this little girl who's going on a mission to kind of like figure out adulthood, so to speak. And, um, so you're tasked with like figuring out what you're going to be as an adult. So like you have several options. I think there are six total like masks for the jobs that you can get. Um, And you're ultimately going on an adventure to kind of like figure out yourself and figure out life and, and what all of that kind of like means. And the line in particular that I'm talking about is uh, one of the first things that you need to do in order to make this, this whole thing happen is you need to, Uh, build a bike and the way that uh, the NPC says the thing to you is like you do not build a bike it's already built Um, you just have to like assemble it or whatever and I kind of think that that's a really nice fitting metaphor for the game where she uh, her name is Sable obviously isn't going to make herself an adult she's already like on that path it's a matter of finding out what that means does that does that make sense yeah so yeah so it's got that going on and it's just really like I think that the game really is about like finding your place and uh like carving out your own like i don't want to say niche because i don't think that's the right pronunciation but like kind of story essentially yeah and like i'm just like the reason that i haven't like wanted to to go ahead and like finish up the game is because i do want to see all that this world has to offer i think that it has like some really intriguing stuff to say. And like, there are some characters in here that are like really charming. And like, <clears throat> I, I'm just, I'm having a lot of fun experiencing the, the, the many, like, I, I don't say nuances, but the, the many different like ways that you can kind of go about life because like each one of the, the quests that will eventually get you a mask, they are given to you by NPCs and these NPCs are kind of like showing you what it's like to live this particular part of a life, if that makes sense. So like you'll get like a, a, like a, a quest from like a a guard. And so you have to go and like kind of do what guards do. If that, you know, if that makes sense. Um, And yeah, I this game's just really charming. I th- I think that it does have some flaws. I don't think that this will work for anybody who is necessarily like they want like a fully told story. Um I I don't know that that's necessarily a fault of the game per se, but like that's that's definitely like a uh, a sticking point that I could see some people having. I have noticed that there are some like really, really bad like frame rate dips Uh and like th- so like Sable's movement is already like not 30 frames. At- and that's a stylic- stylistic choice. Like I was going to uh, because I've been watching this
1: whole time and that's something that at first it caught me off guard. But like it just works with the style yeah. of the game that it is like it's not something that's off putting yeah, whatsoever. Exactly. Uh, it almost in a in a weird way it looks like stops. Yeah,
2: action. yeah, ex- yeah. That's a that's a good way to look at it. Um, so like her her movement isn't necessarily like a um like a sign of the frame rate stuttering. I know that like I'll say that and some people will be playing it and be like, uh, you know, she stutters and blah 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 but like no that's a stylistic choice what i'm talking about is like i'll be in like the middle of the desert and i'll be riding on my little like speeder bike and everything and like i'll be sitting there just going about my business and then like the next thing i know like my it'll like almost i don't want to say freeze but like it'll almost like freeze like where i'm like what the fuck like, what is what is going on? Why am why am I stopped? And then it'll chug and it'll be fine. And then give it about thirty seconds and it'll do the same thing again. So um, I, I've noticed that. I I also kind of feel like it. I th- so the game is about exploration, but I kind of feel like in some ways it's aimless because like you'll get uh, you'll get markers through your compass. Um, and even on your map to say, Hey, this is where you're supposed to go for this quest. But like the cities themselves to find like where those are and to get your quests like given to you or whatever is, I I think sometimes unnecessarily hard. Like you have to scour. Like I feel like every fucking inch of the, the current section of the game that you're in, Or the current section, uh, or area of the game that you're in, to kind of get a a knowledge of where these cities are. Once, once you're there, they pop up on your map, and you can fast travel to them. But like sometimes finding them is like I, I really feel unnecessarily difficult. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's it. Uh as far as like bad things are concerned, I I think this game's really, really cool and really cute and unique. I I don't think that there's a game that I've played this year. That's anything like this. Uh, So it definitely gets points for that. Um, I'm, I'm having a good time with it and I, I, I'm going to be sad to see it go. I think
1: it looks like a ton of fun. It's something I don't have time for now, but I eventually want to make time for I like the stylistic choices. I like the almost stop motion movements. I like the uh, desert cell shading, but it's not like a traditional shell shading or sorry, cell shading. It it looks very unique to itself. Um, And when the first time you ever spoke about this game, that's what caught me when I looked it up was how vastly unique it looked like. I don't think I've played something that really looks like this. Um, even imagining like the, I forgot when it was maybe 2008, like that Prince of Persia, like in the desert and that cell shading, this is something entirely different. This is something very unique to it itself. And it looks like it, it encourage like what I'm noticing is that it encourages you to explore, but I feel like you can just get lost exploring because, Something for me that drives me forward in a game is how the music will immerse me. And the music that's in this game just it's oh, so yeah, peaceful. Oh yeah, that's something that I didn't atmosphere. The
2: music in this game's fantastic.
1: Right, it seems like it almost like it, as weird as this might be to say, it almost makes you feel more inclusive. Like it it kind of just draws me into the game more and it does it's not in, it's not intrusive. Like when you're having a discussion with someone, it's not, even though you're not hearing voices, you're still reading to yourself and the music isn't overpowering, it's melodic. And that's something that itself like draws me in is how good a soundtrack is for a game. This is something that I feel like people need to at least look at and give it a shot because it's it's not often we get something that's this different. And I think from what you've said, it it's worth Oh
2: yeah, yeah. I think so, at least. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's Sable. Um, so let's uh, let's get to our picks of the week, and we'll get out of here. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, mine is naked. I didn't put anything down, uh, but I I have something. I just forgot to write it down. Uh, but this is a little uh, video from a channel called The Gaming Muse, and I actually just stumbled upon this. Um, last night or the night before. Um, but it's called, it's a video called why there was no team silent, why it matters and what really happened to silent Hill. And I think that this is a really nice breakdown of kind of like a sort of like history lesson about silent Hill. And, um, the video kind of goes in some places near the end that I'm just kind of like, I, all right, I get your point, but, you you could kind of have cut this video like a whole like ten minutes shorter if you really wanted to, sort of thing. Um and it would have been better for it. <laughs> but uh but other than like, you know, the the one little fault that I, I found, it's a really nice and informative piece about like um like Silent Hill and like if people are interested in that series at all like i think this is a nice little primer for like kind of what happened to the series um you know before it became like a a thing for like uh little nerds on the on the internet to cry about (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah Austin. What's your uh, pick of the week? Yeah, cool.
0: Um, my pick of the week this week is a metalcore band called Ice Nine Kills. And I usually listen to them pretty heavily during the month of October. Because uh, the thing about this band is most of, uh, probably 90% of their songs are all based off of horror movies and horror books. Um, like, for example, uh, they, they got a lot of shit in 2015 because they released a song based on The Exorcist called Communion of the Cursed. And in the song, they used real uh, quote-unquote audio from an actual exorcism. And they got a lot of fucking backlash for that. But they stuck to their guns and was like, no, fuck you. We're, the song's staying out. It's good. Shut up. Um, but their most recent album uh, specifically was called The Silver Scream. And it is solely about horror movies. Uh, the first three tracks on the album are... Uh, the American Nightmare, which is based on um, uh, Freddy Krueger. Uh, the second track is Thank God It's Friday, which is based on Friday the 13th. And then Stabbing in the Dark, which is based on the Halloween films. And I fucking love this album. It always gets me hyped up for Halloween. And I think it's super, super good. And all the songs are done really well. And they, like, all the songs do a really good job at encompassing those specific horror movies. And I fucking love it.
2: Nice. Very cool.
1: Um, Mine is a song on the complete opposite (laughs) end of that spectrum. Um, It's from a group called Easy Giant, and it's called House of the Wizard. Um, It's just really, um, it's it's more, of you know, down the indie path that I traditionally go, but it's very, um, I think I always use the word melodic. I truly do. But the it's more singing and um di- like distant vocals. It's 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 weird to describe, but it's it's a uh, just real feel good song. And just you know, I would prefer you do drugs and listen to it, but you know, to each their own.
0: <laughs> well, I'll go do that.
1: There you go. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, uh, that'll okay. just about do it. So, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, and on Facebook at Culture Bop. Uh, or, no, not Facebook. Sorry, at YouTube, where we'll uh, we'll be putting some videos out soon. Promise, promise. Um, and then... Our podcast here uh, currently still has a social media presence that will be changing very soon. Um, I'm going to be making like, hey, if you follow us, uh, kind of do go follow this instead uh, sort of thing. Um, so then we're all unified. But uh, for, for now, follow us on Pixels uh on Twitter at Pixels Hunting on Instagram at hunting underscore pixel cb. Uh that change will be coming in the next probably like two or three weeks. Um so with that said um I am available on Twitter at the Bebop man 182 I'm on Instagram at Bebop man 182 and I am on Twitch at the underscore man. Uh you can find Dylan on Twitter at bbotman182. On nope. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Let's not get too big for our bridges here. And try to overlap. Said, Fuck <laughs> okay. You. Uh, I don't have dyslexia. Um. But anyway, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say words. Hopefully, you were going to give my handles and not. Yeah, I thought about <laughs> that. Um. Yeah, let's just (laughs) (laughs) fuck it. Don't available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on the YouTubes at OMDizzy. Finally, we got Austin. He's available on Twitter at at Big Papa Plays on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore or at Big Papa Plays. He's on Twitch at Big Papa Plays and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. And finally, if you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash culture pop and toss us a pledge. We're offering some very cool perks, and once we start hitting our goals, even more content will be on its way. And we would like to take the time to do a special shout out to our current pay man patrons. Good Lord. Uh, we have Justin analytic cynic Ruiz, Shireen Khan, Tani Lil nug, big tug, Solomon, <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> Photoshop, Robocop, scissor toe, and one Blake Graham. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us. Uh, it really does mean a lot. And, um, uh, well, uh, I'll I'll have some stuff goodbye for for oh. you guys in the future. Don't. What the hell does that don't mean? Don't worry about it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, last thing, if you like what you hear and aren't a patron, go ahead and do us a favor and tell us about uh, tell your friends about us. Get them listening. It'll be fun have discussions and stuff uh but now that's it that's the end of the show so
1: well, wow, that was a better ending than venom oh was oh boy um <laughs> or the spider-man dlc <laughs> well
2: uh yeah until next time goodbye